A new survey found the 10 most common things we do to make ourselves feel healthy when we're abusing our body for a while. Eat some extra fruit and vegetables. Uh, Try to eat less sugar. Sugar's a bad one. Buy more fruits and vegetables, even though you may not necessarily eat them. I always end up throwing up out a little bit at the end of the week. Yeah. Because you can't eat that much fruit. Take the stairs. I always go, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start eating kiwi. And then a week later, I'm like, I'm never eating kiwi. Not eating that hairy thing. (laughs) Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's four minutes after six at DVE. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Eight degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Hurricane Michael may now have been reduced to a tropical storm, but it's still bringing strong and possibly dangerous winds and rain that storm moving across Georgia after pummeling the Florida panhandle yesterday. It came ashore as a powerful Category 4 hurricane, packing winds of 150 miles per hour. That makes it one of the strongest ever to hit the U.S., but just two miles per hour from a Category 5. Only three other storms have ever made landfall in the U.S. as a Category 5 storm, the last being Andrew in 1992. Extensive damage being reported on the Florida coast, but so far only two deaths being blamed on that storm. Residents say it looks like a bomb went off. A study out of Johns Hopkins Medical School shows more than 50,000 people were injured mowing their lawns during an eight-year period ending in 2013. The accidents typically happened on weekends and mostly to men. More than one out of five people injured wound up losing toes, hands, feet, or part of a leg. The author of the study says the solution is to develop safer lawn mowers. Yeah, that sounds or like the solution. To teach people better safety. Like, it shocks me when I see people mowing the grass in sandals. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's... I'm like, what are you doing? That just made my doing? toes hurt. Especially in Pittsburgh where the landscape is so hilly. Yeah. You see people doing things all the time, cutting cutting those sideways mm-hmm. on the hills, like, you know, not wearing proper footing, and they're like, at the mid, like, right in the middle of the... the tipping gr- point. Yeah, you're like, that guy's... Plain with fire, but I always assume, well, it's their house. They figured it out. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Like I didn't I didn't factor in the hill aspect of it. I'm like, who's getting injured just mowing their grass? I mean, typically it's hills or things that get caught yeah. in the yeah. blade that right. fling and out. And then you try to unclog it and cut your fingers off. And then I remember that my cousin almost got killed by his lawnmower. His ride on mower, he he, he like he bought it off of Craigslist or something, and they had that safety feature where when you get up off the seat, it, it automatically kills off. the engine. And this thing, like, tipped over going down a hill oh my and God. pushed him into a wall, and he had to, like, kick the thing before it Jeez. landed on his chest. And it took off, like, his entire calf. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. That is awful. Sorry to share that with you. Yeah, that's a terrible way to start (laughs) today. Right off the bat. Anyways, good morning. Well, this will lighten the mood a little. A city councilman in Kentucky will remain in office despite accusations. He made a sexual gesture during a meeting. (laughs) West Buchel Councilman Loy Crawford is accused of using his hand and mouth for a gesture. Damn it, Lloyd. That's inappropriate. Oh, Lloyd. How dare you? You know which one I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, there is actually video of the incident. He calls it 
a misunderstanding. He oh, says he didn't mean to do it. That's how I eat a hot dog, guys. <laughs> I the was hungry. In question happened over the summer towards a woman who was speaking to counsel. The city's ethics board recommended a $500 <laughs> fine, professional counseling, and removal from office, but only one council member voted to remove Crawford from office, so he will he'll stay <laughs> on the on the council. Guys are just goof trooping this whole moment in time. Yeah. They they don't know what to do. Can I do this? Wah, 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 wah. No, <laughs> what? you can't do that. Well, it's West. Oh, what are you saying? I can't do the <laughs> no move yes, anymore. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Well, what the hell is this country come to if I can't do that? <laughs> At a meeting. <laughs> In music news, Pearl Jam frontman Eddie Vedder is selling a signed guitar with proceeds going to charity. The guitar is valued at twenty five hundred bucks. Bidding as of yesterday was a thousand two hundred fifty bucks. Uh, but you can do the instant buy for ten grand. Proceeds will benefit the Chicago-based nonprofit organization Citizens United for Research in Epilepsy, also known as Cure. Vetter is set to perform at the organization's twentieth annual Chicago benefit on October fifteenth. Actor Vern Troyer's death is officially being ruled a suicide. The L.A. County Coroner's Office said yesterday the Austin Powers star died of alcohol poisoning after years of abuse. The 49-year-old actor, best known for his role as Mini-Me, was rushed to a hospital in L.A. back on April 3rd. TMZ reported Troyer's blood alcohol level was three times the legal limit when he was admitted. The two-foot-eight-inch tall actor died a few weeks after being placed on life support. Poor little fella. Poor fella. Yep. It's in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. That's weird. They call it a suicide after a lifetime of abuse? I, I don't know if that's a new... I was just going to say, I don't know if that's a new designation... Like playing really the the long game there, unless there were other factors. Maybe he told people things I don't know, or over the years said things that would indicate he didn't. Yeah. Uh, and uh, today, on a much lighter note, is National Sausage Pizza Day. Boy, you really know how to flip this, the old scales there, don't you, Val? I did. Go from tragedy, lawnmowers. You know, my cousin was almost killed by a sausage pizza. <laughs> Forgot to tell you guys this story. <laughs> he was eating a sausage pizza. <laughs> yeah, on that's, the lawnmower. that's why yeah. it flipped. <laughs> right. Yeah. Damn sausage pizza. It's the number two uh, most popular pizza topping behind pepperoni. So, yeah. It's so good. Sausage? Celebrate with I the very sausage. Very rarely get sausage. Here's the best pizza to get from Aiello's or Minio's sausage, pepperoni, and mushroom. Yeah, that sounds delicious. It is amazing. My it's fa- also five pounds a slice. Yeah. Campiti's in Dormont is Oh, it? they have the best sausage. Their sausage. Is it the like little ground up yes. kind? Oh yeah. 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 Big fan. I'm a big I haven't had Campiti's in a while. I might Me have to, either. Might have to hit that soon. It's delicious. Campiti's is if you haven't been there. It's just, it's kind of like- Grubhub. Do you know that? Well, they, that's great to know. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how I had. That's how I experienced Campidis for the first. Oh, that was time. your first Campidis? It, it was amazing. It's delicious, right? Yeah, it's a it's big con- fan. South Hills has some different pizzas. It's Beto's, yeah. not Bado's. Beto's and Campidis are a little. Di- Campidis is kind of that crispy crust. Yeah, they're a thin crust. That's not a thick. But it's not a thin like New York style. But it's yeah, like a thin. I can't explain it. What is, how do you I don't know. It's delicious. It's like a homemade shell. I don't know. I love it. I haven't had it for a while. Really good. All right, let's go get some sausage pizza. Okay. 
Bill, um, tell your brother or cousin to get on the mower. <laughs> Drive right over, over to Camp Edie's. Oh, he doesn't have that mower anymore. Uh, rain today. Temperatures are going to fall <laughs> slightly through the afternoon uh, into the mid-60s, so I guess we're not going to have fall. No. I mean, it's uh-uh. 80 and then it's 60 and rain. Like, where's the open the windows weather and let the beautiful sunshine and look at the leaves? Well, this just in. That's over with. Although we the leaves are still that. green. Yeah. So I guess we still have time for that. Uh, 40s overnight tonight, so 30 degrees colder than it is right now. All right. Chance to win $1,000 at the top of every hour this morning. We have Pittsburgh Comics' Alex DePula and John Dick Winters coming in at 645. Missy Matthews talking Steelers from Steelers.com. PFT commenter from Barstool Sports later this morning. Mike has your, uh, your, your, your sports coming up at the bottom of the hour. A full slate of events getting you ready. It's Steeler Thursday before the Steelers and Bengals here on the D. Val. Yeah. My microphone is flipped around three different ways here. <laughs> um, yeah, you, uh, I don't know. Talk to the screen. I've never seen the mic like that. <laughs> you look like Bane right now. Sean McDowell. It was no, okay earlier. No, you're speaking into the wrong end of it now. How did your screen get turned around that way? Yeah, that that's... Sean McDowell screwed up my microphone. I have no idea. The world is upside down. <laughs> Sean comes over in Dogs here and cats living together. To talk to some, I don't even know what the hell. He was doing ghost interviews and stuff what? like that yesterday. He didn't want to do it. He was like, I have to do this interview. So he came in here and everything's goofy. So Slimer, tell us about no, but you know, he's such a pro. I walk in the room and I hear him go, so, I mean, we're talking about like, uh, you know, the, the, like proto natural things here, or something from like what? Proto-natural? I don't know what the hell he was talking that? about. I don't know. That's not the word. I can't think of it. I'm too tired. Uh, okay, the screen is back on. We're doing good. You know, when the story hit yesterday about the lady who took the squirrel on the plane mm-hmm. as a therapy squirrel, yes, I mean, it made us immediately think of our friend Jimmy Schubert <laughs> and. Uh, how pissed off that makes him as a frequent flying comedian all over the country he's seen it all i flew in i get on a plane to fly back here and this lady gets on the plane with a cat and the cat has this little orange vest on it that says therapy cat i don't know what the f- that is i've never seen one before is that where we've gotten to as a species look I love animals. I love them so much, I don't own one. Because I found out if you go on the road for three weeks, they get real skinny. Anyway, the point is, I would never drag one onto an airplane for my own selfish needs, because I know cats don't do well in pressurized situations. That plane takes off, the cabin decompresses, that cat starts freaking the I'm not going to tell you this, but your therapy cat's having a nervous breakdown. Yeah, the DV Morning Show, Poison. You know, I think they would have been a lot bigger if after every song, Brett Michaels just ran back behind the stage and got clotheslined. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, the Tony he, Awards or something? Yeah. Like, what was he, he singing at the Tony Awards for? Because I think of, uh, not School of Rock, Rock of Ages. That's what it was. Okay. One of the all-time funniest things, but the poor guy. 
He had a lot of health problems after that. Yeah. He, he would have probably he went a bad uh, few years. Lindrost himself right out of the uh, <laughs> the top spot there. But I did the same thing and I immediately thought, I just pulled a Brett Michaels. That's what it's called now. I uh, what, did not open the garage door the whole way oh. and just ducked underneath it to go in and grab something and was looking at what I grabbed and boom, right off. Uh, I think I told you this. I did that, uh, gave myself a concussion doing that, knocked myself out doing that. Oh my God. I didn't I hit tr- it that hard. <laughs> it hurt. I tried to jump over the sensors on the garage that are on the bottom uh-huh. <laughs> as the garage door was coming down. And it was like this place where I practiced when I was living in Erie. And I was like 23. And uh, I jumped over the sensors as the garage door was coming down, hit me square on the head, knocked me out, and I like woke oh up. God. I like woke up in the alley. I'm like, With the how long have I been here? Garage door just kept hitting me in the chest over and over. <laughs> so be careful out there. So look, lawnmowers and garage doors, folks. Just be very, very careful. Did I ever You're... tell you what happened to my cousin? <laughs> DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Sports are brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Relatively good news for the Steelers on the old practice participation report yesterday. Safety Terrell Edmonds calf and linebacker Vince Williams hamstring, both full participants. Also not working uh, yesterday were Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Hayden, and Marquise Pouncey, but those were all coaches' decisions, non-injury related or NIR. Veterans Day off. Yeah, just, you know, given... Uh, mm-hmm. Giving guys who need a break a break and uh, making sure that you are protecting guys who you're going to be relying on heavily throughout the year. Uh, a couple guys did not work for injury-related reasons. Wide receiver Darius Hayward Bay, ankle. Linebacker L.J. Fort, ankle. And safety Morgan Burnett, groin. Morgan Burnett has missed the last three games. He was a partial participant in the opener because of injury. Missed a ton of time in training camp because of injury. That is your marquee free agent signing. This is the Ladarius Green of this year. Unfortunate, because I was really excited about it. As were they, Bill. And just not available. What the hell's wrong with him? He's got a groin now, but it's been, you know, a hamstring here, a groin there. Here a groin, there a hamstring. One yeah. soft Everywhere tissue thing after another. <laughs> Everywhere a groin, groin. So, you know, you look at the problems they, they had on defense prior to that Atlanta game, and that's that's a factor. Was, Vance McDonald had he, a farm. He was supposed to be part of the fix and uh, hasn't been so far. A lot of football left, but it's not encouraging. Get on a field. For Cincinnati, uh, not participating. Running back Gio Bernard with a knee. Guard Clint Bowling hip. Tight end Tyler Croft foot and center Billy Price foot. Billy Price, I got word from Cincinnati that uh, Billy Price was initially going to try to go. He said he could practice, and then he didn't feel like it, so he asked the coaches, can I change my mind? This is what Mike does is he Billy Price. drops in some Billy Price references for you at 633. Had the shades on. Yeah. Marvin Lewis doesn't like his guys practicing in no? the shades. He said, just sit it out. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> limited. Does anybody else get that besides you and me? No. Okay. Sometimes you don't do those things for that very reason. <laughs> <laughs> Linebacker Preston Brown, ankle, quarterback William Jackson, knee, Defensive end Michael Johnson, knee. Defensive end Carl Lawson, ankle. And wide receiver John Ross, groin. Limited participants. Boy, speaking of no-show guys, John Ross in Cincinnati the last year plus. Nada. For a number one pick. Who can run real fast, but that doesn't really matter if you never play. 
Another number one pick of theirs, Eifert, has had yeah. very similar injury problems just every year. At least he's getting destroyed after he does something on the field. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. You know, as opposed to not even being able to get on the field. I don't think John Ross has done anything since he ran that record-setting 40-yard dash at the combine. <laughs> not much. Pulled a hammy doing that. We'll always have the combine. <laughs> Might be uh, some more physicality coming up on Sunday at Paul Brown Stadium. Uh, Marquise Pouncey, in fact is anticipating it. Uh, he knows by now, as most of us do, the way these Steelers-Bengals games have a way of playing out. And Marquise Pouncey looking forward to another one. Yeah, rightfully so. It's football. Most games are like that. I think that but whenever you play your division, things are a little bit more talked about because you play them again. You know, people say they see the big hits that happen in the first one and they kind of ante up for the next time the guys play. So um, I think it's good. Football is about being physical. Yeah, Pouncey uh, also looking forward to... Lining up against Bengals bad boy Vontez Perfect. No, man. I, actually, I, I like playing against Perfect, man. Um, I think he's a great player. He's physical. He try, he talks trash, but he does it in the right way. Sometimes it's a little excessive, but when you're a defensive player, it's supposed to be like that. You know, I think Pouncey speaks for the majority of the room. There was a vibe in there yesterday. They're not worried about, you know, one of these meat cleaver type games they play with the Bengals or not. Didn't seem to be a whole lot of concern about Perfect and what he might do. You know, we've, we've heard some uh, disparaging comments about Perfect in the past coming out of that Steeler locker room, and Marquise Pouncey in a mood. To, hey, let's go. We got to figure it out now. Let's play. All right. Well, that's good. That doesn't mean that they don't need to worry about it or that it no, won't happen. But the 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 public uh, perception that they're trying to promote is that uh, hey, we're fine. We're gonna we're gonna go there and deal with whatever. Mm-hmm. Which good. I guess, you know, feeling pretty good after you beat the Falcons 41-17. to uh, Stephon Tuitt in such a good mood after yesterday's practice. He was even predicting uh, a big win for number 5 Notre Dame against Pitt on Saturday. Yeah, I already predicted a score. I said 31-16. But it, hopefully they make me wrong and be even higher than that. But <laughs> that's how I am. So how does Connor look in Notre Dame where you said, size him up for the jacket already? I've been looking for him. He's been hiding from me, you know. I'm even right here in the middle of the locker room having a you know interview about it. He still haven't found me yet. So <laughs> We've already seen James Connor on social media wearing North Carolina gear, courtesy of uh, Ryan Switzer after North Carolina yeah. beat Pitt and uh, Penn State gear. Rough season for Connor in the locker room. Yeah, Too many teammates playing teams that play Pitt. <laughs> yeah. No wonder he's hiding. Mike Tomlin now find $25,000 by the National uh, Football Obviously, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. The surprising aspect of this uh, story to me is that Tomlin was adamant on Tuesday that he did not expect to be fined. He called the officiating a joke. He is a member of the NFL. They don't like when their members disparage their officiating, particularly the head coaches. So, and isn't he on the uh, the competition, competition committee? Uh, obviously, I'm a joke. Wait, hold on. Penguins hosting. Find the, myself. Penguins hosting the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. At the PPG Paints Arena, 7 o'clock on your Penn's flagship, 105.9. The X, the Penguins are 1-1. One and one. Vegas uh, fell to 1-3 and three last night with a 5-2 loss in D.C. against the defending Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals. Uh, it's looking very much like Casey DeSmith is going to be the goaltender for the Penguins as Matt Murray uh, continues to work his way back from a concussion. 
Uh, DeSmith started seven games at the PPG Paints Arena last year and went 5-2 and two with a 1.82 goals against and a .937 save percentage. I mentioned that Capitals win over the Golden Knights last night. Uh, Alex Ovechkin, a couple more goals, his third and fourth of the season. They were the 610th and 611th goals of Ovechkin's NHL career. He has now passed Bobby Hull for sole possession of 17th place on the NHL's all-time list. Wow. And the Caps set a franchise record with 18 goals in their first three games. That There was a couple of goals last night that were absolute beauties, and uh, Ovechkin let one rip from high in the slot, and it, it didn't go in, but it hit sho- it, it hit Flurry in the shoulder, and it looked like Flurry got shot. Flurry gave up four of the goals uh, on 28 shots. Uh, T.J. Oshie finished it off with an empty netter. I, I watched a little of that. I was kind of bouncing around. Washington, if ever a team was going to have a Stanley Cup hangover, I figured it would have been the Capitals. No doubt. I, I Never su- won one celebrated for two months. It wouldn't surprise me if there were reports coming out of D.C. that they were all still drunk mm, and unable right. to play. <laughs> and they have just hit the ground running. Oh, they're they looking incredible. The tic-tac-toe yeah. passing last night. Their power play. It's almost as if they decided they like winning. It's like better than losing. That's bad for the Penguins. Now that they know the difference. But a lot of golf left, Randall. A lot of golf left, Mike. Just getting started. Missy Matthews from Steelers.com later this morning. Also, know your enemy with Cincinnati Inquirer's Paul Daner. Oh, we didn't do Butch this year. Oh. Uh, an, uh, an oversight. We should still have Butch on tomorrow. We should. Uh, PFT commenter from Barstool. get Slack on, too. <laughs> PFT commenter from Barstool Sports coming up later on this morning as well on the DV Morning Show. Val's got news top of the hour. Val. We're going to talk about a new dating uh, term called sneeding. Also, your shot to win a thousand bucks in workforce cash coming up at seven. It's Randy Bauman and the DV Morning Show. Bill Crawford and Val Porter welcoming our friend John Dick Winters right now, uh, who is uh, really uh, doing some cool stuff down on Butler Street right now. First of all, welcome JD Dub. Thanks for having me. Always happy to be here. I'm always happy to, for the ten minute drive here and the hour and a half drive home. It's just <laughs> yeah. my favorite part of my week. Yeah, I know. It's uh, the morning traffic is uh, is a fickle beach. Yes. So let me ask you this: uh, Hambones, Hambones, Hambones down yep. on Butler Street. Hambones. Uh, we talked a little bit about this before. Last weekend was the the first weekend that you kind of turned that place into a comedy club. Well, uh, 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 not just me, Derek Minto and myself. Uh, we turned Handbones into an independent comedy club. We're calling it the Burning Bridges Comedy Club, and uh, we're doing comedy there four nights a week. That's awesome. So, how did the so first great. week go? It was uh, it was great. Uh, I, I mean, I can't say enough about it. Um, it just feel it felt right to have uh, two shows on Saturday, like a real club, and yeah. Then, then a show on Sunday, and every show is well attended. Um, uh, we'll see if that'll continue. <laughs> but yeah. uh, you know, Derek and I were producing shows there about twice a month, and it's a big jump from two shows a month to three shows a weekend. So it's going to take time to define the audience and for people to even know that it exists. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what we wanted to do here. Yeah. Is tell people about people it. People know it exists, and it's down there on uh, Butler Street. So for those folks who don't live in the city, look, this is a perfect uh, uh, opportunity to go experience Butler Street, have dinner at the Vandal, or see an early movie at Rojas, or go to smoke. 
Come on down and cross the bridge. Exactly. <laughs> cross and bridge. And this weekend, it's perfect because you got Mr. Wednesday on stage. That's right. Jeff Conkle is going to be headlining. Jeff Conkle's headlining both shows Saturday, on Saturday, 8 and 10.30. Uh, we're excited to have him. He's dusting off. He's... He, he found someone to watch the kids. Is he still have yeah. a wife? Is that his yes. person? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's going to come out and do some shows. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, it's going to be when I mean, we have a stacked lineup opening for him, too. So uh, do people just walk up? Do, are you, can you get tickets in advance? How are you guys doing the ticketing? <laughs> oh, we do it both ways. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Country we do it and all Western. the ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can get, you can get tickets uh, to all our shows on, uh, on our website, burningbridgescomedyclub.com. And uh, I don't foresee any time in the near future where we'll be selling out of the door. Uh, so walk-ups are always available. It's a cool room, too, for those who haven't been to Hambones. I mean, they do a really good job. Yeah, it's, it's a, a small, f- intimate room. It's only about 65, 70 seats, which is, you know, a fraction of, like, a large comedy club. Right. I mean, and, 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 like, ask any comedian. Uh, they Any comedian performs before prefers performing in a small intimate room like that it just feels right Definitely. for comedy uh they prefer the paychecks from the other places for sure but uh, <laughs> but it feels right it's you know low stage you're right the the audience is sitting right in front of you mm-hmm. um it's great and it's nice it's right in the heart of the city uh and we've been st- p- independent stand-up in pittsburgh's needed this for a long time i think you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of the room that used to be i don't know if they still do comedy there but the corner cafe up on yeah. the slopes corner cafe is great where there was this, there's this great bar, and then the side room mm-hmm. that you can go into for a show. And I did a show at Hambones before, and the the crowds are great. And just like they're saying, I mean, it's it's a smaller room, so the laughs are you know it's bigger. It feels like I don't know. It's just it's it's a great room for comedy. It's, it, it's a it's an independent club, uh, and Hambones is a full restaurant. Come down. There's no drink minimum, no item minimum. It's fairly cheap tickets, uh, usually five or ten dollars. It's a it's a it's a fun night. It's an inexpensive night. Okay, uh, you know, I'm hoping to get people out. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, now for the segment uh, with Alex Tapula and John Dick Winters here, in which these two former re- roommates they call it is it a gen- gentleman's. The gentleman's quarrel. The gentleman, gentleman's quarrel, <laughs> and uh, we're about to. I can't find the theme music for it. You're gonna have to go theme musicless. Oh, that's not very gentlemanly. Must find the No, that's not it. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that like is. Commercial. Not, it was yeah. That was avocados. It was an avocado commercial. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for gentleman's quarrel. Alex, what is the topic that you guys are uh, tackling today? Cats v dogs. Cats versus dogs. Okay, yes. here you go. It's. The age-old debate. All right, and who is uh, pro, con, whatever? I'm pro-cat. You're pro-cat, and John, you're a pro-dog. I am pro-dog. Okay. All right, gentlemen, quarrel. Thank you. (laughs) My, my, John. That's an interesting smell. Have you been bathing in ground beef again? (laughs) (laughs) As we all know, cat gut is used to make violin strings, while dog guts... (laughs) Are merely used to make sloppy joes. <laughs> those cats are clearly the superior I animal. No, either of those things. Uh, let me first start by saying, uh, my my fellow gentlemen, your mustache is perfectly groomed as always. You look like Adolf Hipster. <laughs> 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 Nothing like a good visual joke for the radio, folks. <laughs> uh, I want to first start by saying that I am pro dog, but I am not necessarily anti cats. Cats are fine creatures. Oh, indeed. They get a bad rap because people who love cats are so easy to hate. Cats are like the Dave Matthews Band. There's nothing inherently wrong with the Dave Matthews Band's music, but oh my God, the people who love the Dave Matthews Band. Thank you, John. I really appreciate that. Uh, John is, of course, one of the world's foremost Holocaust deniers. (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> a little off topic, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> but pertinent. <laughs> As we know, cat bites are much more likely to get infected than dog bites. That should settle it. <laughs> <laughs> I see where you're going with that. Sir, I'd call you a ragamuffin, but I don't want to insult muffins. <laughs> While I respect and frankly completely agree with felines' utter indifference towards humans, it's not really what you want in a pet. Dogs offer love and affection that might replace the void left by a lover or by parents who never admitted that you were an accident, but you knew the truth. <laughs> I've known that all along. <laughs> John, I find it interesting that you are arguing on behalf of dogs when I have personally seen you murder at least 15 of them. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs can learn tricks and know their own name, but that's because they're sycophantic, brown-nosing, scum-sucking cowards. <laughs> and cats are good. <laughs> John, you need to get closer to the mic on this to really get your argument across. Sir, you are quite the ragamuffin. Oh, I, I messed that up. Cats used to be worshipped as gods, and who needs that kind of pressure? Walking around with their butts in the air thinking they're better than you? Well, you're not better than me, Boots. <laughs> Dogs eat vomit. Back to you, John. <laughs> that sounds pro-dog, sir. Thank you. Noted point taken. They say cats are better than dogs because they're very independent and don't need humans. Well, I have two teenage daughters for that, sir. <laughs> John, uh, you are a disgrace to your species. Dogs will constantly hump your leg. Well, cats will hump your heart. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you are a ninny hammer. Pardon my language. I'm done. All right, there you go. Is that it? We're uh, done. Okay, there you go. That's that's pretty gentlemanly. I the gentleman quarrel. Can't call a winner on that one. No, that's, no, it's pretty close. Horrible showing, John. But I simply cannot say who won. Alex Apula <laughs> and John Dick winners. Pittsburgh comedians, gentlemen, both of them. Thank you so much. <laughs> Val has you. your news coming up next. Well, this will lighten the mood a little. A city councilman in Kentucky will remain in office despite accusations. He made a sexual gesture during a meeting. <laughs> West Buchel Councilman Loy Crawford is accused of using his hand and mouth for a gesture. Damn it, Lloyd. That's inappropriate. Oh, Lloyd. How dare you? You know which one I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Guys are just goof trooping this whole moment in time. They, they don't know what to do. Can I do this? Wah, 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 wah. No, Lloyd, <laughs> you can't do that. Well, it's West. Oh, what are you saying? I can't do the <laughs> no. move yes, anymore? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Well, what the hell is this country come to if I can't do that? <laughs> <laughs> At a meeting. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I mean, we used to do that all the time. We started out that way. It's the DVE Morning Show, Lloyd. <laughs> Lloyd. <laughs> I just do like the name Lloyd. Damn it, Lloyd. That's inappropriate. Martha's here tonight. What do you got, Val? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It's brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Still 70 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. It's a day in court for disgraced movie mogul Harvey Weinstein as a potential sex assault case against him. 
may reportedly be unraveling. Lucia Evans, one of three women in the case against Weinstein, accused him of forcing her to perform oral sex when she was an aspiring actress in 2004. But a recently discovered written account suggests that incident may have been consensual. Prosecutors are also reportedly dealing with allegations an NYPD detective may have improperly coached a witness before her grand jury testimony. A pair of area malls say they will not be opening on Thanksgiving for all those bargain shoppers. The company that owns both the Westmoreland Mall and Monroeville Mall says they will be closing all their 114 properties on November 22nd. They'll reopen on Black Friday at 6 a.m. It's the third consecutive year the property owner has closed its door on Thanksgiving or just not opened them. Just giving the employees a break. And people, probably. (laughs) People don't want a break. People want to get away from their families. Well, maybe. i got to go to the store. There's a good sale. Has Black Friday lessened at all with the dawn of online shopping? Uh, well, I think with the Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, shopping, maybe shopping, because <laughs> some people go out after dinner rather than wait till. Imagine getting off Friday your ass dinner. after eating turkey and being like, "Let's go to Walmart." No, no way. Yeah, unless it was just to get a lazy boy. Last year, I <laughs> went to. I was in the North Hills, so I went to Monroe or. Uh, Ross Park Mall, I thought, I'm going to go. I'm up here. Just see how it is. You could not. I mean, people were parked on the the road that surrounds. Really? I'm like, it's the middle of the afternoon on Black Friday. Isn't everybody done already? Oh, no. It was freaking packed. See, I was at the Walmart, like, uh, over, where is that, Waterworks? And it was, the sale was going on, and it was the, the Thursday night. Remember the the one um, Thanksgiving where we played the Ravens? hmm And there was no one in there. Uh, Thanksgiving and, and was, a Steelers game. It is it a big crazy, double holiday. Yeah. Crazy to me, because I was like, if you knew what you wanted, like, I never, I never scouted out. Like, people know months in advance oh i'm gonna get the vizio 55 inch Mm -hmm. smart tv that's gonna be 50 bucks or whatever it is and it's smart to do i mean it's a big item but i just i never do it by the way unsolicited endorsement when those vizios first came out and they were kind of like less expensive they were like when the flat screens first started coming out i mean now they're outdated because those are so big compared to the slivers that they sell you now for for flat screens but everybody was like they're cheap but they only last a couple of years whatever i had mine for like 12 years like the things never broke down what the vizio tv yeah it was they were tanks (laughs) they were those two little the screens i had in the basement oh yeah those were both those are vizios man those things lasted forever unsolicited endorsement do you remember the big screens that used to sit on the floor yeah, those my, things weighed seven thousand pounds. Yeah. Dude, my dad like made that the cornerstone of our living room growing up. Did the screen go bad on any of them? Because yeah. I had a couple buddies where it was just yellow. Yeah, the back of this TV that we had, the wall was the garage, and there was a ton of I don't know, some bugs got in there or something, you know. So the projectors that like shoot up the image yes they're they're like literally like spotlight 
looking things, and they just filled with bugs. <laughs> so it would be like big smudge marks on the TV. So every single show and commercial and movie looked yeah. like arachnophobia. And the other thing about that TV that I'll never forget, it was, remember when you could program in what television station it was? You could put in NBC underneath mm. the channel. So it would be like when you put on channel 11, it would say NBC, and you could edit every channel and put whatever you want. No. Between my brothers and I. Oh, my. I mean, every channel had a dirty word, <laughs> and we've like, or a, an abbreviation of, mm-hmm. and th- sometimes there were chains of them. If you went like 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, it told a little dirty story, and <laughs> we, <laughs> we like forgot all about it. And then, like, people would be over while we were flipping through the channels, and they'd be like, What the? Oh my. Oh. Because oh. <laughs> you just get immune to it. <laughs> What's on an ass tonight? <laughs> it's so, so many stupid. Things. When you saw it, it just made you laugh. Uh, I just said to my husband yesterday, I understand how people burn their houses down trying to get rid of bugs because we are invaded by stink bugs right now. Stink- I took, I have a printer upstairs. I took five of them out of the printer yes, two days ago. Are you kidding me? Yesterday I printed something and there must have been a stink bug on the roller because when the paper came out there was a big stink bug smear of stink bug juice on the whole paper oh it smelled so bad oh that is awful i was so pissed they're the dumbest bug that's ever existed stupid bug what they can survive anything or die on your windowsill for no (laughs) reason they have a long life cycle but well, they look prehistoric, so when they die, I always think it's like monumental. Like, God, you made it this long <laughs> through epics. They're like, oh, what got you? The sun. <laughs> <laughs> I landed on this sill, and then it got me. So, But I don't know where they go. They just they all go to the hot, like the window where the sun is shining in, but then they just vanish. I found one in a, inside a curtain rod. Yeah. How? It I found one in it the refrigerator know. one day. It's basically like stink bug Woodstock is happening somewhere in your house, and they're all trying to get to it. Yeah, so I those don't are know. Just all the- <laughs> this guy, though, he might have been on drugs. Uh, a guy near Houston wanted to, quote, decontaminate himself of bugs that were crawling all over his body. So he hosed himself down with brake cleaning fluid and then tried to vacuum the bugs off his body, but the brake cleaner's flammable and something from the vacuum sparked it. Caused an explosion, blew the whole wall out of his trailer. He ended up being uh, seriously injured, so police have not been able to ask him many questions. But they do believe drugs and alcohol probably did play some role in his decision-making process. Um, The most descriptive word in that whole story, trailer. (laughs) I'm thinking, who the hell has enough brake fluid to hose themselves with? Somebody that has a trailer. That's usually not somebody from, like, you know, the Gettys or something. You know, it's not some billionaire family where that happens to. Yeah. Oh, Reginald poured brake fluid all over himself. The bugs came again. (laughs) That's usually somebody in a trailer. By the way, did he get rid of the bugs? Uh, That was not part of the police report. (laughs) Speaking of bugs, and we were talking about the stink bug infestation, Uh has anybody seen a lot of gnats? Oh, the fruit flies? Yeah. What's going on? What is that? They're everywhere. Why? I don't know, but everybody has them. 
because I started to, you know, get insecure about my abilities to keep bugs out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're everywhere. I was thinking the same thing. I found a few in my house. I'm like, did I leave a beer bottle un- uh, unattended yeah. or something? Like, you know, just sitting around for a couple of days. And then uh, I, I met my brother for dinner last night, and there was those fruit flies in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell's going they on? All, they always gather around the sink, too. Yes, that's it's what he said. something about water. So I've been doing the apple cider vinegar, and then you have like a container where they can, where they they can fly in and, in and then not get out. Really? Yeah. How many have you collected? Um, a lot. And I like it. It's a, it's a good feeling when you go we home and there's, make, yeah. there's a bunch of dead ones. We need to make the homemade stink bug collector. What's that? You, yeah, you cut a- Is that like a Rick a, Moranis movie? <laughs> You cut a two-liter bottle, the top of it off, and then you turn it upside down, and then they go down in the hole. Oh. I guess they can't get out. But they can get anywhere, so I don't believe they can't get out. <laughs> I be- That's like... What was that? Uh, somebody's was GERD. Was that my GERD? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was actually... Was your GERD? It's not GERD. I think it was actually <laughs> chest congestion. <laughs> yeah, the stink bugs can get anywhere. <laughs> That just sounds funny. They are. They're elusive. Sounds like the beginning of a movie. The sons of You kids are going down to the cabin this weekend, but don't forget, those stink bugs can get anywhere. Um, there's Never a, feel safe. There, Damn it, Lloyd, leave the kids alone. <laughs> 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 don't do that to the stink bug. Uh, <laughs> there's a new dating term. It's called sneeding. And I'm I'm not sure what I mean. I get the eating part, but not uh-huh. the snuh part. It's when somebody goes on a date just to get a free dinner. Oh. <laughs> I thought I thought it Maybe was it's snu- snuggling and eating. No, I totally biffed on that. But one. Oh, so it's, it's funny you mentioned. I thought that. it was a D, like like no T. Like Sam Sneed. No sneeting. Yes. Okay. Sneeting. So sneaky. I don't know. Uh, but it's funny you bring up cuddling or snuggling do you ever fantasize about cuddling strangers no 22 percent of women and 17 percent of men say they sometimes fantasize about cuddling with someone other than their partner in a totally non-sexual way which i know we've talked about yes places the, you can pay to go cuddle and, parties yeah well not even that but you can go in and pay yes to just have someone spoon you which is just crazy, and because it not then it be turns sexual. Into a fork, and then you know. <laughs> How is a spoon not sexual? No, it's you just want uh, human contact. I know, but if you're doing and a hug. So what if you go in as a guy named? What if you know Lloyd is waiting for you there? Well, I mean, I don't know. it's that not about be an human- extra charge, right? But it's a, no. A, this the I remember doing this story years ago. There was no sex aspect to it at whatsoever. Right. These are like bronies, like guys that are into My Little Ponies. Like they just, just wanna, need a long hug. Want to go and cuddle? Just hold me. Poor guys. And like no sexual advances here, guys. Let's all keep it clean. That's. I think you're being kind of naive if you take a job as a snuggler <laughs> and don't think that some guy's gonna, you know, put a pickle in your hip. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, do you think that massage therapists should, should worry about that kind of thing? Now it's a completely different thing. I'm just asking. Yeah. I'm not accusing. I mean, if we were massaging them back, <laughs> then there could maybe be an issue. Let's 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 switch sides. Flip-flop. That's not what this is. Yeah. Just it, a little cuddle. 
If, uh, if you're sick of answering your phone or if you just hate people, Google's new Pixel 3 phone has an option called Call Screen. And when you get a call, a robot can answer it for you. It'll transcribe what the person is saying, and then you can pick a reply for the robot to say back to them so you can answer your phone without actually having to talk to someone. Here's the thing about cuddling. <laughs> back, back to cuddling. I think that women can can like that and want that and have it be nothing sexual. And a guy intellectually can say, yeah, I just want to you know, cuddle with somebody. But when and there's you, nothing sexual involved at all. And then it... When you get in it. Right. Then you're like, well... <laughs> while we're what here. What are we going to do now? <laughs> while we're down here. Yeah. You know what? I'm a multitasker. <laughs> it's kind of lighting the grill a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What else do you want to do? Let's cuddle and see what <laughs> pops up. The Pittsburgh oh. Cuddle Kings. Uh, These guys will hug us. The uh, world's hottest grandma has been kicked off Instagram. She's 48-year-old Gina Stewart from Australia. Maxim gave her the title of world's hottest Gilf. grandma. She's, uh, she looks like <laughs> Pam Anderson, kind of. Yeah. She posts semi and mostly nude photos on social media, but a recent photo she posted of herself sitting in a com- uh, chair completely naked, little hair covering part of her uh, boob boobs uh a oh. little too racy though for instagram they gave her a warning so she pulled the picture off of the social media site she still got booted though she's upset she said i don't understand their guidelines just say no nipple yeah she went by the guidelines they kicked her off anyway it's no fair she's fighting she's, she's out she's here comp- fighting the good fight <laughs> that's right she is the Rosa Parks of yeah. <laughs> naked grandmas on Instagram. Come on. It's, what kind of world are we living in? So good luck to Gina. She's younger than Pam Anderson. She is, yeah. Pam is 51, I think. I think she's the same age as me. And Pam looks every minute of it. She's Her boobs are only 20, though. <sighs> yeah, she gets new ones all the time. Yeah. I don't even think they're that old. Do you, get, do you have to get new ones? Like, is it? I guess, yeah. Do that, they get that hard? Would make sense. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a consistency thing. I think they, there's danger of them leaking. Yeah. Do you get money on the trade-in? I don't have them, so. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> that was so funny. You got very upset. You guys are asking me, like I know. I don't. I've had friends who've bought them only to watch them walk away, but uh, I have not uh, had to worry about that. Ooh. Yeah, that'd be rough. Oh yeah, that's an investment. Oh yeah, well you're look. Some people buy a rings to say I, lo- you know, the engagement ring to say I love you and show their commitment. Others Other buy boobs. boobs. Yeah. Do you at least get visitation rights? I don't think so. <laughs> I want to see those boobs every other weekend. <laughs> They're half mine. Finally, a court is ruling Leonard Skinner's surviving members cannot stop the release of a film about the band's deadly plane crash. A New York court overturned a permanent injunction that previously blocked the release of Street Survivors, the true story of the Leonard Skinner plane crash. 
That film depicts the 1977 crash. Heirs of Ronnie Van Zant, Stephen Cassie Gaines, and others sued over the biopic in 2017, claiming it would bring irreparable harm to the band name, but uh, people are going to see it now. Rain today. Temperatures will fall slightly, dropping into the 40s overnight tonight. It's still 70 degrees at DVE. A.B. being sued by a guy because he threw furniture out of the 14th floor of a luxury condominium complex. Yeah, it's dangerous. And uh, the guy claims it came near him and his grandkid, uh, but A.B., told the cops a day before this that he had $80,000 stolen and a gun. He had a gun stolen. Mm-hmm. Probably not From smart for AB to have a gun. Um, but at any rate, so there is security footage of his tantrum throwing the stuff out of the apartment from the 14th floor onto the ground below. And we have video from it now. TMZ released it earlier. And in the audio, you can hear people reacting to the stuff flying oh, out of the crazy. Fo- Yeah. The 14th floor. This is uh, from TMZ. Yes. That's where I'm going to stop. I swear I'm going to stop recording this dude, but dang. Oh, my God. (laughs) Holy Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That hurt. He threw Steely out. Oh. Relax. DVE Sports. All right, Mike, proceed with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Getting set for Steelers Bengals, a sun- Sunday 1 o'clock kickoff in Cincinnati. Getting excited? I am. Yes. I, I don't believe this narrative that they're trying to spin out of the Steelers locker room. Oh, no, we're not. We're not worried about it. It doesn't. No, this isn't going to be like the old games. Or We're not, you know, this is just another game. Let's move forward. It's Steelers Bengals. Oh, no, I, th- I think they're. The vibe I'm getting is, yeah, it's absolutely going to be Steelers Bengals, and we look forward to it. Oh, I thought Pouncey was giving no, us more. No, no, oh, we're not worried. Not worried, but yeah, it's going to be, you know, kill or be killed, and uh, so be it. He, yeah, because rules be damned. Yeah, it's the, AFC North ball. You may have heard it's been in all the papers. Yeah, these guys are going to be hitting hard on Sunday. I, I'll tell you what, Juju better keep his head on a swivel. Yes, on, he better. On Sunday afternoon. That is a great suggestion by you. That perfect is, is uh He's like an one. elephant baby. <laughs> oh dude, he wants retribution, no doubt. Oh, he looked yeah. like an elephant against Miami. He said he was looking kind of out of shape. Yeah, it was his first preseason game. Yeah, he had the four game suspension right. for uh I think it was performance enhancers this mm-hmm. time, not behavior. Hard to keep track with Fontes Perfect. It is hard. Sports of Sour <laughs> brought to you by Blackish on my twenty two. There's uh a lot of good vibes coming out of that Steelers locker room on the south side this week and uh, some of them involve, for a change, these guys don't have to explain what went wrong and how they're going to fix it. This time the defense is talking about what went right and how they're going to sustain it. Here's T.J. Watt. I think we played really well. I think even after watching film, we did a lot of great things. Um, I feel like we can get we can get a lot better, and uh, that's we just want to keep putting good performance on top of good performance to show the consistency. It's it's awesome to do what we did, but I think it's going to be even more special to stack the great performances on top of each other. That's a little different narrative for the defense, huh? 
Even after we looked at it on film, we were really good. And they were. They, they were assignment sound. They were aggressive. They were physical. Uh, they were opportunistic. They did everything you wanted defense. They shut down the run, made them one-dimensional, attacked. Good stuff. And uh, T.J. Watt uh, does think it's sustainable. He believes that uh, the Steelers have uh, discovered a method of preparation that's going to pay dividends. I think it starts in practice. I think just practicing really aggressive and, and, and practicing full speed because I think in the NFL when you don't get to go on pads each and every day like you do in college, you can kind of get lulled to sleep, and that, and that allows you to get lulled to sleep in the game plan, and it kind of trickles down. So I think last week we did a good job. We were in pads early on. We were in pads early this week. So I think we have a good um, a good structure that we're just going to try to carry over into the following weeks. Was that a appreciable change last week on Wednesday? Yeah, yeah, it was, and I think it helps because I, I think it sets the tone for the whole week. Now, they're only allowed to practice in pads so many times. The collective bargaining agreement limits that uh, as the season goes along. So it's not like you can just, okay, get get the pads on or we're going to do Oklahoma drills until you guys die and then you'll be ready to play. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't do that. But Watt was convinced that last Wednesday's practice in pads was of a different intensity than the ones that had preceded it. Uh, he, he talked about going full speed. I'm not quite sure they went that far yesterday. But uh, the pads were on and they were popping and – uh, Stefan Tewitt, another guy who's all for that on Wednesdays. No, I think we have a physical practice every Wednesday. I just think at the end of the day, I think a lot of guys are more comfortable. I think a lot of guys knew like the situation. I knew we had one of our starting linebackers down, so a lot of guys were more focused and uh, paying attention to things that they didn't have to usually do. How was it today? Uh, I think today was a really good day. The viewers out there was a lot of click-clack going around, so it's all right. A lot of click-clack going around. A lot of, a lot of pads smacking into each other. A lot of click clack going around. <laughs> Boy, if Tuit and if Tuit can can meet his potential and Hayward keeps it up, TJ and Bud are going to have a great year. Yeah, and that coverage will be a lot better on the back end because they won't have to do it for as long. Um, we didn't talk a ton about how the Steelers took out the Atlanta running game, but that was a, a significant component of what they did to the Falcons because had Atlanta established the run, then Matt Ryan would have had that play-action bootleg at his disposal, and he's really good at that. Uh, a little bit of a different challenge this week with the Bengals and Joe Mixon, uh, who is uh, a different guy seemingly in his second year. Uh, he will slam it up in there. He'll put his helmet down. He doesn't seem to have gotten the memo that you're not supposed to lead with the crown of your helmet anymore. Uh, he's doing that, and it's not getting called, and he, mm-hmm. he continues to do it. Uh, he is also displayed the ability when the middle stuff isn't there he can pop it outside and get to the corner and turn it up tackling by the corners when he does that is going to be critical and this is where Artie Burns needs to show up which he has done not consistently since he got here agreed I think there's going to be times where Mixon's coming around the corner and and Burns is unblocked and it's you got him one-on-one kid what do you got uh Conversely, from uh, the pass defense perspective, uh, the pass rush perspective, sorry, um, they were able to get pressure on those guys last week. Mike, are they going to be able to do that as effectively without constant blitzing on Dalton? I mean, Dalton is a guy who does not like, not that there's a quarterback who thrives on pressure, but Dalton is definitely one of those guys who gets scattered. Although he's he's shown so far, he definitely in the Miami game, he was pretty nimble back there. Uh, avoiding the pressure, not necessarily to run, but to just you know reset a throwing position for himself. When he does that, when it breaks down, 
he's going to look for A.J. Green. And those guys have the kind of mental telepathy going. Mm-hmm. Green can tell when it's going a little screwy, and, and he goes where he goes, and Dalton seems to know where that's going to be. But the right side of that Cincinnati offensive line is bad. Like not good. Right tackle number 68, Hart. Not like fat with a PH. T- no, <laughs> bad as in T.J. Watt might have three more sacks by halftime. Good. I like it. That's a that's a uh, nobody has said this this week as Keith Butler had said it last week maybe Butler will say it today but there are favorable matchups again offensive line versus the Steelers front so it's gonna be fun oh I'm psyched for it no Morgan Burnett L J Fort and Darius Hayward Bay at practice yesterday due to injuries uh, Terrell Edmonds and Vince Williams were full go Bengals down a couple of starters among there did not participate. Guard Clint Bowling and center Billy Price. Go ahead, Mike. go ahead, make nah, a billion, man. Yeah, you nah. want to? I, I, I mean, do. Pittsburgh loves Billy Price, but uh, the reference may fall. I a just, bit I've flat. always wanted to interview Billy Price and say, man, I thought you made that livestock album. Okay, well, yeah, again, yeah. you miss Roy Buchanan. Sure. Now that's a little more on point. You know, throw the Roy Buchanan <laughs> reference in there. At least Kevin Colbert will jump jump in. And, I'm working on it, man. I'm working it. on it. Yeah. Uh, Mike Tomlin, twenty five thousand dollar fine from the NFL for his disparaging comments about the officiating on Sunday. I like that he uh, his answer when he was asked about it at the press conference. He's like, "Yeah, I'm not going to be fine." I think he was trying to Jedi mind trick them into not finding them. That seems to be, you know, their theme. Yeah. I am not Since the coach the you're game on to find. I don't know what you're talking about. Why I don't know I what you're talking that? about. That didn't happen. Yeah, the Steelers Beautiful just... day today. The sun's out. It's 80 degrees. I'm going to go play golf. The Steelers have just been gaslighting everybody all week. That's not hey, what happened. That's how, you know, that's kind of how we're, we're rolling now, right? As a nation. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know. Just say what it is. Say what you say, and if people disparage it, they'll either say be, it louder. Yeah, that's right. Eventually, enough people will come onto your side, Michael. Penguins getting rid. Wow, only my mother used to call me Michael. I know. Yeah, that, that one. Uh, that one just kind of came out as a uh, as some sort of stern lectern. Yeah, that's when she used to do it. Yep, uh, <laughs> she did it a lot. Penguins hosting the Vegas Golden Knights <laughs> tonight, seven o'clock at the PPG Paints Arena. Matt Murray down with a concussion. It uh, looks for all the world as if Casey DeSmith is going to start in net, and he's going to do so with a plan. You know, I'd like to prove that I can be uh, an everyday starter in this league. Um, you know, that's something that I've always wanted, you know, as well as making it to the NHL. You know, obviously being a starter in the NHL is the next the next step up. So um, just making the most of the starts I, you know, am able to have this season and, uh, you know, prove to everybody that you know, I can play in this league day in, day out, not just, you know, back up here and there. Casey DeSmith of Rochester, New Hampshire and the University of New Hampshire. An undrafted young American who's clawing his way into prominence in the NHL. How'd Flower do against the Caps last night? Uh, four and 28 shots. Yeesh. Ovi got a couple more. He's got four in three games. He's got 611 for his career, 17th all-time. One better than Bobby Hull. It's amazing. I don't know how much longer he's going to play, but if he plays another five or six years, big if. He's going to start uh, creeping up on Gretzky. Oh, man. Don't say it. I don't want him to hold that spot in hockey history. All-time leading goal scorer oh. in the history of the world. Oh, Just don't want it to be true. All right. Coming up, Missy Matthews from Steelers.com at 815. We'll ask her about 
the team's readiness to go into this slobber knocker in Cincy on Sunday. Also, from the Cincinnati Inquirer, Paul Daner with our Know Your Enemy segment. We'll ask him about Vontez's return to form and whether or not he's going to be able to be up to the task this week. Might weekend. say he's rounding in the form. Yeah, he's really what that form fat. We didn't. Really, I think you. I feel like you're making too much out I of am, it. Okay. I am. Okay. But he was. He was real average against the Dolphins. I, the Steelers expect he will be real good against them. Okay. PFT commenter from Barstool Sports on at nine fifteen this morning. The Pittsburgh Fantasy Football Challenge is back at DV.com. The grand prize for Week Five is a pair of tickets to the Pittsburgh Steelers Cleveland Browns game October twenty eighth. Plus, you get a fifty dollars fifty dollars gift card for sheets. Go to DVE.com for rules and registration. You must submit a lineup by twelve fifty five Sunday, October fourteenth. The Pittsburgh Fantasy Football Challenge is back at DVE.com. It's Randy Bauman in the DVE Morning Show. Bill Crawford and I here uh, right now. Last night, Elton John performed at the PPG Paints Arena. Rave reviews. Everybody seems to have loved the show. Oh, I bet it was awesome. I didn't go. I went to Steely Dan on Monday. I couldn't swing Elton John on Wednesday, but I That's think it's hilarious that, that those two shows happened in the same week with 70-year-old performers. <laughs> Is the Venn diagram of those two fan bases just one circle? I no, I don't believe so. I, I mean, Elton John is has such a vast, huge, huge fan base. Fan base, yeah. I mean, as evidenced by where they played, uh, Steely Dan played Heinz Hall, which is two thousand people, and you know, Elton John sold out PPG and probably could have sold another couple thousand tickets. How many people went to both shows? I bet a ton. Uh, two thousand. Well, I don't know if every single person. I was going to say probably around a thousand, Bill. I'm going to ballpark it. I'm going to do like the uh, Bigfoot enthusiast who guessed the gestation period of a Bigfoot being right around that of a human. Six to eight months. So I'm going to say six to eight months. Yeah. Uh, Fleetwood Mac is going to be coming to town. Speaking of classic rockers making their way back into the Berg. Except they'll be Buckinghamless. Lindsey Buckingham fired from the band. But they... Uh, uh, said initially like oh mutual whatever nah he was fired so he gave an interview to Rolling Stone and said what happened and why he was fired from the band Lindsay said Stevie Nicks gave him the boot this is all about Stevie Nicks now don't forget I mean they came as a package together into the fold of Fleetwood Mac back in the day it was a BOGO deal yeah I mean, the old Buckingham Knicks album cover, they were babes in the woods, youngins, newbies, if you will. Nude newbies, in fact, on the cover of that album. But they joined together, and, you know, I don't know, I guess decades of being in a band together and sleeping with everyone in the band, eventually, not everybody gets along. So Stevie Nicks wanted them out, and here's why. Lindsay said they had an argument over the band playing Rhiannon, as their intro music at their last show together in January. And Stevie was also upset because Lindsay apparently smirked during her thank you speech to the crowd. That's when you know you've been together for too long. I know, right? When a smirk can set the other person off. (laughs) Oh, don't even start with that smirk. Oh, you're going to smirk now? You're just going to start smirking over there, huh? Why don't you smirk your ass right off of this tour? <laughs> All right? So he said that was what it was, the smirk. So the band's manager called him after the show and said, 
Stevie never wants to be on stage with you again. And he said, so is Stevie leaving the band or am I getting kicked out? And that's when they said, uh, you got to go. And that's all there is to it. And there ain't nothing can be done. They did it over the phone? Over the phone. God, that's like uh, when they kicked Puck out of the house on the real world. <laughs> you got to do that in person, man. Come on. Uh, yeah, you would think so. But Stevie is forging ahead with the band. As you know, if I had to go see one only, I think I would go see Fleetwood Mac because... Mike Campbell being in that band is a pretty interesting thing to me. And I like Christine McVie's song. So Lindsey Buckingham, you wonder how many how many songs will Lindsey Buckingham do when he plays the Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead that Fleetwood Mac will also do when they're in town? Probably not a ton. Okay, so what what show are you more interested to see? The Fleetwood Mac without Lindsey Buckingham, Lindsey Buckingham, or um the other one, Sticks without Dennis DeYoung? Or Dennis DeYoung. I'm, no, we're, solo. we're taking a road trip to go see Dennis DeYoung. That's yeah, it. Yeah, we have to. That's coming up next month. I believe it's November. Uh, but the Fleetwood Mac show, very interesting. I would go to Lindsey Buckingham over Fleetwood Mac if I knew Lindsey Buckingham was going to talk trash on Stevie Nicks the whole time. I went and saw Stevie Nicks when she played here last year and the Pretenders opened up because I had never seen the Pretenders and I wanted to, you know, check off the list, you know, Chrissy Hine, who I think's awesome. And I went and we stuck around for Stevie Nicks. She talked for five minutes between every song, talking about how great she was. Like Didn't I could she, not. Wasn't she recording a like a live concert? Yeah, or she's documentary doing a, a DVD that night. And um, dude. What? Rock in the oh no, sorry, that's a tribute to Sticks. Rock in the Paradise, world's greatest tribute to Sticks is tonight. Where? Palace Theater in Greensburg. No, oh, I'm st- I mean, I'm sure that'll be awesome. Don't get me wrong. I'm waiting around until Dennis DeYoung comes back. Because he's bringing an orchestra with him. And I want to hear him top, talk trash, but only like in a musical kind of way. <laughs> so uh, now you get two chances to see Fleetwood Mac music from two different bands and apparently four different chances to see Sticks. Dennis DeYoung is next Friday night. Oh, October that's not great. No? No. 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 Which, for some reason, yeah. I thought that was a weeknight show. I thought it was a We're week. going, I dude. I it was a don't, don't back don't, out on me now. I don't think I'm going to be in town. What? It's the night after Metallica. No. Oh, man. Same night as Jim Brewer. Oh. No. Yeah. <sighs> F it. No. Oh, man. <laughs> Crying out loud. I'm going. All right. And you didn't go to Elton John last night. I did not. Are you sad? Uh, or are you going to go to his next farewell show in November of 2019? Next year? I don't see. I'm just afraid his voice is not holding up. Everybody raved about that show last night. So, Although if you spent $150 on a ticket, it's hard to go there and be like, this stinks. You're going to make yourself have a good time, won't you? No, I'd be more <laughs> likely to say, I paid all this money and this is what I got. <laughs> that would never spend that money on it. <laughs> Who would you pay $150 to go see right now? Val still has her first communion money. I was not. I didn't have a stuff communion. Still under the under her bed. We don't Night do that. Ranger? The Methodist. Whatever. Uh, Whatever. With I don't know. I mean, um, I traveled to see Van Halen and Metallica actually too. So I don't know. I guess those bands. Yeah. 
I've spent that much money for concerts before. It's annoying. But now I think that we've, I mean, just because of our jobs, I think we've seen so many shows. It's like, at this point, I don't know if I, who I would pay <laughs> to see that, pay that much to see. See, I would love to How see a you? band like GNR in a more intimate setting. Like, I'd love, I'd pay a lot of money to go see them but at a small club. Just with the three guys who are in it now? Yeah, because it's yeah. Not, now it's not like the original lineup. Well, is it is it Slash, Axel, and Duff? Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I if I could see Van Halen at like the Rex, hell yeah, like the original Van Halen. Well, yeah, I mean, a hundred. Look, face value of tickets to see the Rolling Stones, it costs one hundred fifty dollars yeah, in the pay stadium. That. If they got that. all go of Wu Tang to perform at Laga, <laughs> I would pay so much. Who would you pay that much for? I have paid it for a bunch of different yeah. bands. Also, I StubHub stuff a lot because I kind of take last minute, you know, excursions. Like, all right, let's go do that, and then you kind of get screwed and you have to spend a lot of money. But mm. it's been a while since I've spent a lot of money on a concert ticket for that very reason. It's like we go to so many shows. Yeah. After a while, you get it's- a little. Yeah, it's hard at this point to think of somebody I would pay that much Well, I for. like the small... I like theater shows. Once you get into the arenas, it, it's tough. Like if... Like if Tom Petty came back to life, I would spend a lot of money. Or if the remaining members of Led Zeppelin did like an acoustic or like they just... Diff- like I would love to see that kind of I show. I don't know. Don't you feel like going to see like a band like Led Zeppelin is like saying, you know what? If the 75 Steelers came back... <laughs> I would go see those guys play. It's like, well, they're going to get their ass kicked. But if they change how they do things, like if he's still straining to try to reach those really high notes, but if he changes it, which he's done, he's like he's, that I would go see. Yeah, he's lowered the key on a lot of stuff. Elton John has too. But the stuff I heard last night, like he sang Tiny Dancer on the original key last night, I'm pretty sure. Because the thing that you got to remember too is if it's 150 bucks a ticket, it's 300 bucks to go. Yes. Because you're going to go with somebody, whether it's a All spouse right. or friend or whatever, and dinner, parking, drinks, you're like in for a grand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you better love that freaking band. See, this is why Val does not spend money on concerts. <laughs> I was like, all right, we'll pack sandwiches. Um, <laughs> Can we walk? A trolley. Dude, when we go to see Dennis DeYoung together, I want you to pack <laughs> picnic baskets for us <laughs> so that we can just pull out PBJs pull in the middle everybody. of the shake salad sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Laura, Laura, together. The lettuce didn't even wilt. This is delicious. But it's the Grand Illusion 40th anniversary tour. That's the Dennis DeYoung? Yeah. So he's doing the Grand Illusion start to finish? I'm guessing, yeah. A Grand Illusion! <laughs> Nothing says yes. rock and roll like Dennis DeYoung. Uh, he's performing the album in its entirety, plus all eight top ten hits. Lady, Babe, Come Sail Away, Too Much Time on My Hands, Lady. Blue Collar Man, Sweet Madam Blue, and many more. Sweet Madam Blue! And you know it's going to be so romantic in there because he has light sensitivity, so <laughs> the lights are never going to go fully up. That's true. The yeah, the vibe is going to be terrific. Uh, Lady and Babe, very... Very uh, nice ballads. And uh, the upshot of it is um, I, I've become light sensitive. <laughs> How is that an upshot? So and it took me almost a year of going to the doctors to figure out it was the light that was the causing doctors. me to be fatigued and <laughs> causing my face to heat up. <laughs> and uh, it, was a, it was a nightmare experience for me. Dennis says he's been to 16 doctors and they can't figure out what's wrong with him. I mean, 
I mean, I'm going to let that stand as a statement. <laughs> they can't figure it out. How are me and Tommy supposed to figure it out? I like what what Dennis Young goes, my face would get very hot. (laughs) No kidding. You got blazing lights pounding. They're like jamming out, and Dennis is like, guys, I can't do the next song. They're like, dude, what are you doing? The crowd's on fire. He's like, my face is hot. (laughs) I I have a hot face right now, guys. Guys, I have a hot face. We have to to, (laughs) suspend the concert. No, well, I have a hot face. Can we dim those? Sticks. Next Friday night. All right. Well, come on, man. You can't go out of town. Oh no, man. I may have to rearrange everything. Rearrange everything. Going out to Greensburg to see Dennis DeYoung is far more attractive than what I had planned. (laughs) All right. What do you have? Uh, Coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to talk a little bit about um, hat face. <laughs> All the crimes you've committed. <laughs> PFD commenter next hour, Missy Matthews from Steelers.com. Coming up at 815. Steelers Bengals this Sunday. One o'clock kickoff here on your home of the Black and Gold 102.5 TV. 20 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Citizens Bank. New York State Police said Wednesday the man who operates the limo company that owned the car that crashed last weekend in upstate New York, mm-hmm. killing 20 people has been charged with criminally negligent homicide. All 20 people who lost their lives in the crash were listed on the document that charged 28-year-old Naman Hussein with the crime. Weeks prior to that crash, Hussein was cited with written violations by the State Department of Transportation and Police that indicated that the stretched 2001 Ford Excursion limo that crashed Saturday should not even be on the road. Men who lived or work near Ground Zero continue to step forward to report their suffering with breast cancer. Lawyer Michael Barish, who represents them, tells the New York Post the numbers have doubled from 15 to 30 just in the last month. Nationwide men account for just 1% of breast cancer cases. The lawyer also is representing 500 women with breast cancer who lived or worked in that area and urges anyone who believes they may have been exposed to the deadly toxins downtown after 9-11 to get tested. According to a new study, married men who don't like their wife's friends are much more likely to get divorced. Researchers found husbands who expressed disapproval of their wives' friends at the beginning of the study were more likely to have been divorced 16 years later, and it didn't matter how much money they made or how solid their marriage was. Those friends had the power to blow the whole thing up. Yeah, it's very perplexing to me that people don't recognize that much earlier in the relationship that that is a warning sign and portends not so great things in the future look honey it's not you it's it's your friends that's that's who's at fault here (laughs) it's not you it's me and your friends (laughs) but family friends those two things they're they come with the package if you know if you think you're going to win out in boxing out the rest of them, it doesn't happen like that. Not for the most part. I mean, sometimes you have, a, especially friends, sometimes you have somebody who's like, uh, I am totally different than my whole family. I want nothing to do with them. <laughs> yes, I agree with you there. But friends are different because you choose to hang out with them. Good point. And I question your judgment after seeing your friends. Um, I mm-hmm. told you yesterday about the guy who stole all the waffle batter and yeah. was like, he known as the guy to get waffle mix from. The seller of waffle mix? Yeah, he was selling it on the black market, which made no sense to me. None. 
This one makes a little more sense. In Texas, a guy is headed for prison after police arrested him for stealing $25,000 worth of tequila and then running online ads to sell it. Police set up surveillance on Manuel Alejandro Martinez Fernandez after he advertised large quantities of booze for sale on social media. They got a warrant to search his home. They found over a thousand bottles of Patron and an illegal loaded gun. A shipping business had filed a report in late September claiming one pallet with more than a thousand bottles was stolen. He's now facing felony charges and possible deportation. But see, to me, that makes sense only because I have this movie idea of bad guys and they have like some underground layer somewhere and they're like all right well in the abandoned warehouse we have to have libations for the henchmen <laughs> and i just don't see like waffles. anybody in that world being like the guys are going to need waffles i mean you got to you know have a, a nice full belly when you go do all the nefarious activities libations for the henchmen <laughs> that's my favorite elton john album <laughs> So, how many crimes have you committed? I mean, so many. On the way to work, <laughs> at least four. Over 150,000 people took an online poll about small crimes everyone commits. What are traffic violations crimes? Yes. Jaywalking here. 90% say they have jaywalked, which is probably 100. I jaywalked in Bloomfield yesterday. It was awesome. I'm getting I'm getting over that habit because now everywhere we go in our neighborhood, there's crosswalks, mm-hmm. and you know the the people are out after school, the the crossing guards, and they'll blow a whistle at you if you jaywalk. <laughs> well, S- suburban Bill, live my yeah. blue heaven, Crawford over here. <laughs> That's right, trying to learn all the rules. The oh, bigger yeah. crime in the line. is probably not obeying the crosswalk. In my opinion, like if somebody's in the crosswalk and they have the right of way, people people in cars are like, oh, screw yeah. you, I don't care, I'm driving. The worst offenders of this are on when you come off of Grant Street exit, mm-hmm. Yep. all right, and then you take that first right by the PNC bank yes. like you're going towards the jail there, Yeah. there's a crosswalk there oh, for all yeah. the people that work, mm-hmm. and cars zoom through that constantly because that's how I always get down to the south side is going 2nd Avenue and access 2nd Avenue Mm. is like off Grand Street there you know you can kind of pop onto Mm. 2nd Avenue dude cars honestly do not pay attention to that at all I am terrified I'm going to see some banker get get totally pancaked one day and I'm surprised there aren't more pedestrians hit your your view is a little bit obstructed because there's that manhole cover that's always pumping steam up so you're like <laughs> yeah is, is there a fog machine so, going are they doing escape from New York 3 here where is everybody oh my god they're all crossing the street at the same time <laughs> I have a lot of these you think we'll be able to get them get through them before Missy Matthews keep doing it all right uh, have you ever rolled through a stop sign yeah this morning Yep. Not necessarily blowing right through one, but not coming to a complete stop. Yeah, don't look at me like, yeah, I did. Especially when you make a right turn. When you make a right turn? Yeah. Only 51% said yes. That's such horse crap. 49% of people uh, are If police lying. departments need to make money, they should just sit at any intersection with a stop they do. sign. <laughs> I mean, they'll just rack them up yeah, left and right. When they're looking to hit their quota. Do you ever speed? All the time. Only 67% said yes. I'm not a big speeding guy. Yeah. The other 33% are usually driving in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Have you ever used somebody's Wi-Fi without permission, like if it wasn't protected? I me. never have unprotected Wi-Fi sex. <laughs> 35% did that. Have you pirated music or illegally downloaded a movie? 
No. I never really got too no, into me. that. And I'm surprised this number is this high. 78% said yes. Well, I mean, I went to but college when Napster was coming out. Right. So, yes, I did a lot of that. 18% have used someone else's Netflix account without their knowledge. Is that illegal? I don't know. I, know, I, I, don't th- I give it I to know. everybody. Have you ever done a double feature at the theater? You go to a movie, and when it's done, you slip into another movie? No. I've never been able to last that long. Who's got that much time? 22% have done that. Underage that kind of stamina. drinking. Oh, my God. Yes, constantly. <laughs> so much. Those were the days. 72% said yes. <laughs> I remember at a block party, I grabbed a Stroh's out of, uh, out of the little cooler they had set up, and this old guy choked me. <laughs> <laughs> Just some dude. It wasn't even my dad. Just some grown you didn't man. Even know just grab no. <laughs> he just grabbed me and choked me. I was like fifteen though. It's probably his strokes. I, I should have been choked. It might have been. Yeah, yeah you it was a hundred percent his strokes. Yeah. Have you ever been paid under the table? <laughs> no. Yes. Forty one forty one percent said yes. Have you ever asked for a cup at a fast food place? Like, I'm just I just want water out of the fountain and then you fill it yeah. with water. Thirty-three percent say they've done that. Chipotle, you can really swing that move. <laughs> He's naming names. <laughs> Where can you don't break blow the up the spot, dude? Without getting busted. Have you ever gotten a cup filled up with somebody else's straws and then blown through a stop sign? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> On the way to the theater where you were going to steal movies. <laughs> Rain today. Temperatures will <laughs> fall slightly through the day. It's going to be in the 40s overnight tonight, and it is 70 now at DVE. Missy Matthews joining us right now from Steelers.com as we get ready to uh, kick off Sunday 1 o'clock against the Bengals. Good morning. How are you, Missy? Good morning. I'm good. How are you guys? I, I mean, doing pretty good, and uh, I really feel like the Steeler fan base has renewed life. I can't imagine how the team is reacting now in terms of like their perspective on this season. Things really seem to uh, look brighter on the horizon for the Steelers here going into this game on Sunday. But Missy, this is Steelers Bengals. This, I mean, the last time AFC North football, indeed, last time they played, I mean, it was the Ryan Shazier game. There was uh, the George Iloka hit on a B Juju laying out Vontez perfect one after another. Are we going to see that kind of football again? I mean, I hope not. Um, there was 20 combined penalties for almost 240 yards. Uh, that game you're talking about back in December that the Steelers barely won, but were able to pull it through thanks to Chris Boswell. Um, I, I don't know. These are those two teams that every time they do get together, something crazy seems to happen. I feel like Burfick sometimes can't help himself. Um, but I, I think everybody, this is a game that you can easily get up for and get excited, but you know it's going to be physical. There's a lot on the line. The Steelers are going into a three-game stretch of playing AFC North teams. And, of course, the Bengals are sitting atop uh, of the division right now. So, of course, the Steelers are going to want to get this W. I was talking with Marquise Pouncey yesterday, Missy, and he said that most games are like Steelers Bengals, but because it's a division game and you know there's a rematch coming, it tends to get more attention. Do you think that was uh, a load of Gargonzola? Yeah, kind of. I mean, <laughs> Me I, I do agree, especially especially for the big guys like the O line. Like, you know, they always want to get the run game going. They always want to be physical, but there there's definitely a little something extra when it comes to division opponents, and especially the Bengals. Uh, just how this. This matchup, this rivalry, whatever you want to call it, has gone 
the past few years. I mean, you can go back to the game where it was pregame warm-ups and the teams were meeting at the 50, ready to fight each other. Uh, this is just what this I think this matchup has been in recent history. Yeah, I feel like Steelers-Ravens and Steelers-Browns is physical and intense, but this one, uh, the cheap shots are almost uh, accepted as part of the deal. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we grew up, well, maybe I grew up, pursued, I don't want to call you old, but where it was Steelers and Ravens. That was the, you know, the Heinz Ward, the, all those. Yeah, it was sports. Raiders for me, but go ahead, continue. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, um, but it has definitely, in recent years, switched over to the Steelers and the Bengals, probably based on the fact that the, the Bengals have been consistent um, in terms of the regular season. We don't have to talk about the playoffs with them where the Ravens haven't had some good teams in recent years. But the Steelers, I mean, I, I don't know. I think AFC North football, I hate to keep using that cliche, it, it always counts. You know, there was that one game right after Christmas, I think it was two or three years ago, where the Ravens weren't a good team at all. They were playing a backup quarterback. I don't even remember who it was. And the Steelers went down there and lost that game. So I think it was I Ryan Mallett. Yes, I think you're correct. Uh, this Sunday, uh, once again, controversy falling around the Steelers. Last season, it seemed like every week there was a different turn in the soap opera. Some sort of drama infused into the narrative of their uh, 2017 season. 2018 hasn't been much different. And this past week, the A.B. story about him being sued for throwing things out of a luxury apartment from the 14th floor and almost hitting a 22-month-old kid. Uh, I'm not sure how much validity there is to that part of the story, but he definitely had something go down there with $80,000 missing, a gun was stolen. Is this, dare I say it, going to be a distraction? <laughs> I haven't got that sense. I think everybody is really building off of the win from this past Sunday over the Falcons. Um, everybody, you know, I think it was before the Ravens game, Pursuit, you asked me, does it feel like it's Steelers-Ravens? And I kind of said, no, actually, it doesn't. I think this team is still trying to deal with so many in-house problems and things mm. that they could control in the football field. This week actually feels like a rivalry week. Um, it feels like guys are excited, and I haven't noticed whatsoever that there's any distractions or something that, you know, the team is worrying about other than preparing on the football. A lot of guys, especially yesterday, the first day of practice this week, we're saying just how intense it was. It was physical. It felt good because last week against the Falcons, they had what they considered one of their best weeks of practice. So I think they're trying to carry that on and mimic that this week heading into the Bengals game. Is Juju on high alert this week for any kind of Vontez perfect retribution? I don't know. Juju hasn't spoken yet um, in the locker room, but I think you know Ben was asked about it yesterday. Do you always have to keep? You know, do you always have to know where perfect is? Um, and he said, well, yeah, he's a good football player. I think everyone is in that same mentality where you do just need to know where he is. I'm sure the O-line, like you were asking about Pouncey Pursuta, they're going to block harder than they normally block because they know what this kind of game can sometimes be. We were in different scrums yesterday. The ones I was in, I got a sense that uh, they were excited to be talking about what went right instead of explaining what had gone wrong. <clears throat> Did you get a similar vibe? Heck yeah, wouldn't you? I mean, there's stuff to build on. That's the good thing. And I think especially for the defense, it wasn't like there was just one area. You know, it wasn't just the run defense that did really well. They were blitzing really well. Uh, there was good communication. So there was a lot of things that were good, not just one thing where you can say, well, you know, the D-line really helped us get out of that game. Everybody put their hand in the pile and contributed in some form or fashion. So 
yeah, I'd rather talk about good stuff than bad stuff, right? You're going to be able to talk by Sunday. <laughs> I, I don't know. If I didn't have to deal with you in labs every day and a three-year-old, I'd probably have Oh, but you do. Right you now. do. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least the three-year-old is, uh, you know, responsive. Yeah. <laughs> he has an excuse. Uh, that's debatable. That's debatable. Uh, Missy Matthews from Steelers.com. Missy, uh, hey, by the way, uh, how did Bill... Uh, do with the uh, fashion show last week. Man, Bill killed it. He was such a great co-host on the red carpet. He, did you guys see? Did you see his jacket? Oh, oh yeah, God. it was god awful. I mean, I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> he did not draw any extra attention towards uh, us at all. It was great. David S. Steelers. <laughs> yeah. call they call me David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> Pumpkins. That's hilarious. Uh, Missy, thanks so much as always, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good. Have a great day, guys. Missy Matthews Thanks, from Steelers.com. I'll tell you. She's fighting through it this week. She is a pro. Not going to be singing any arias, but she's getting it done. No, she's doing it. She's a real pro. I mean, it was fun to be on the sidelines with her, watching her do her thing, because she's really good at it. Yeah, you just throw out something, you know, oh, I led the game last year. Missy comes up with all the stats of their game from last year, like, boom, right off the top of her head. She also fits in well in the uh, sports writer slash sportscaster environment. Which sometimes gets a little raw. Good word. I was going to say juvenile, but I'll go with raw. <laughs> when you're not on air or Being on missing. camera or two of a kind. Yeah, I mean, look what Valerie's had to deal yeah. with <laughs> for 17 years. And, yeah, uh, you guys are kindred spirits. <laughs> this morning alone, I was like, guys, come Dano. I was like, just I don't care. That earns a lot of respect in the raw juvenile environment of <laughs> sports media. The raw juveniles. Uh, okay, uh, coming up, Mike Pursuta. I'm going to talk some Joe Hayden. Oh, does he want to take on Julio? Oh, he's foaming. At or the not Julio, I'm sorry, uh, A.J. Green? Yeah, yeah, he would love to. But he is uh, willing to let Mike Tomlin make that call. PFT commenter from Barstool Sports coming up at 9.15. DV. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports now on DVE. It's Steelers Bengals Sunday, 1 o'clock here on DVE. And will it be Joe Hayden against A.J. Green? Sports this hour brought to you by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. When Cam Hayward made his weekly appearance with us here on the morning show on Tuesday, he allowed that he thought it would be wise to have Hayden follow Green, given that Hayden had done that a lot when he played for the Cleveland Browns. And uh, as Cam put it, he knew all the spots where A.J. Green likes to go, particularly when a play breaks down, as it's destined to based on the Cincinnati offensive line's ability to protect. (laughs) Andy Dalton, uh, Joe Hayden uh, confirmed yesterday that uh, if he is indeed asked to follow A.J. Green this Sunday at Paul Brown Stadium, it won't be the first time. We had battles, plenty of battles when I was first when I got in. He got in my second year in the league, so we've been going against each other the same way with A.B. twice a year, every year. So um, they had me following him the same way they had me following A.B. And uh, just, you know, um, it was great battles. We went at it, went after it hard. Um and uh, I'm, I appreciate that because at the same time, he's one of the best receivers I've ever gone against. Now, Joe Hayden hasn't done a lot of that uh, in his brief tenure with the Steelers. He said the only time he traveled, which is how they describe it, the yeah. only time he traveled with a guy last year was down in Houston. He had uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's also phenomenally talented. By the way, just, I want to just ask you real quick. Travel nomenclature there. Is that Tomlinism speak? Is that like part of the Steelers? I had not heard that. I haven't heard that in the recently. NFL speak yeah. before. I thought it was just shadowing That's a guy. That's the way it used to be referenced. And he, they, yeah, it might be a Tomlinism. Yeah. 
travel, you know, left side, right side. Okay. Uh, Hayden said he did it last year in Houston against Hopkins. He did it a lot against Julio Jones last Sunday against Atlanta. Now, if Jones was in the slot, he did not cover him. But left side or right side, they were flopping. Mm-hmm. Hayden was Hayden was waiting until the Falcons broke the huddle and following Julio Jones side to side. Uh, one of the reasons that worked out as well as it did, Hayden said, is because Jones or A.J. Green type receivers are a good matchup for him. The bigger guys, uh, the easier they be able to get your hands on them. You know, those quicker dudes, the dudes that are more my size, uh, A.B., Odell, you know, they're a little quicker, so you kind of miss them off the line. I think the bigger dudes, being quick or fast, not taking anything from them, it's just more frame that you can be able to get your hands on and be able to feel like I could drop my weight faster coming on my brakes a little bit quicker than the bigger guys. So A.J. Green fits the type for Hayden. Uh, here's here's great insight into Joe Hayden. Uh, Tim Benz brought this up when he was on our show on Monday. One of the plays that Hayden celebrated the most in that Falcons game was a third and nine from the Atlanta 22, second possession of the third quarter. The Steelers had just scored to take a 20-10 to 10 lead, and the Falcons actually schemed to get Jones away from Hayden. They put him in motion and uh, Hayden, not Hayden, uh, yeah, Jones got away from Hayden. They threw to Jones, but he wound up being bracketed by Mike Hilton in front and Sean Davis on the backside, and the ball ended up sailing incomplete, and Joe Hayden celebrated that uh, as enthusiastically as any play on the day. The bigger guys on the easier. I hit the wrong one there, sorry. Then there was a lot of communicating that was going on. Um, I was out of number one. He motioned down. So then me and Mike were kind of working. A, um, me, Mike, and SD were all working a basically a, a technique together. And uh, it just it, it worked out the same way it worked out in practice. So that's why I was just happy that everybody was talking. Everybody had it covered, tried to throw it over to what we expected to happen, and uh, it was incomplete. So just a film study thing that would happen in the game, you know what I'm saying? It's something we studied to happen just made me happy. <laughs> We prepared for that. We prepared for that. Just like they drew it up, right? Mm-hmm. You study it, you figure out what to do against it, and then you execute it. It can work. But to my point, you see a lot of cornerbacks get up and do the incomplete sign if they get a pass defense. Or even if a guy drops a ball, they get excited when it's thrown at him. He was not involved in this play other than to pass the guy off as he should have when he went in motion. And he was just going nuts. Like He celebrates his teammates and the success of the team. Well, it was part of what was making them, you know, break down overall. I mean, you know, it's like to see that, oh, we don't have to stink all the time because so many of the big plays they had given up were because of miscommunication, blown guys assignments. Guys left open, yeah. You got them? I thought you had them. No, I yeah. thought you had them. And guys trying to make plays outside of their position. Yeah. So it, it, it worked the way it's supposed to work against the Falcons. Now, all that, uh, you know, team first spirit aside, Joe Hayden – would love to cover A.J. Green one-on-one this Sunday at Paul Brown Stadium. I just want to do whatever the team wants me to do. Um, if they feel like that's something that is going to help us win, um, I'm ready to do it. If they feel like me playing the left side is what they need to do, you know, I'm just here for whatever whatever Coach T tells us is the game plan, I'm down. I don't mind following at all. That's something that I look forward to doing. But if that's something that he doesn't have in the plan, then it is what it is. I'll just go with whatever Coach got. You ever go to him and say, hey, just in case you're thinking, you know, I, I want to do this, yes, I do? Nah, he, he knows where my head's at. So he knows whenever he comes to me with it, he knows I'm ready to accept it. Any challenge. It's your choice, you do it every week. My choice, I do it every time. But my choice, I do it every time. I I want to let him do what he wants to do. 
I don't. I think there are, as he mentioned, the smaller, quicker guys, the faster guys. He's not necessarily built for that, but he has no problem. I talked yesterday about that AJ Green article on the in the Players Tribune that he posted last year. And he talked about the long arms and how Hayden can get his mm-hmm. hands on you. You know, if you go to get your hands on a guy and you miss, you got a big problem. But if you can just disrupt that timing a little bit, boy, that goes a long mm-hmm. way. Long way. And those bigger guys have a bigger strike zone, so yeah, you can, get, more you can get your hands on them. You got a better shot. Pens are at it tonight against the uh, Vegas, Golden, uh, Vegas Knights. Golden Knights. They Who will not big... have Marc-Andre Fleury in that. He gave up four in a 5-2 loss to Washington. Boy, the Caps look good. What time was it last night? Four past Fleury. What do you got coming up, Val? We're going to talk about the 10 best one-hit wonders. Your Bud Light game day bar of the week, the Pub at Tonydale. It's an Oakdale $3, 16-ounce Bud Light drafts during all Steeler games. The Pub at Tonydale is your Bud Light game day bar of the week. Hey, fellas, you breaking, un- break, breaking ankle? Jumping off that Steeler bandwagon. I don't need to feel like a dunce when they pounded the Steeler or the Falcons defense in the dirt. Then call us. I'm Tim Kabaki. And I'm his brother, Charles. But you might know us better as the Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steeler Bandwagon Kings. If you or your loved ones tossed out your Steeler gear on account of them sucking Grundle against the Browns, Chiefs, and the Ravens, then look no further. Pittsburgh Bandwagon Kings welcomes you back with refurbished Steeler gear. We pulled out of garbage bins around Heinz Field after the last two home losses. We also have several reclaimed Le'Veon Bell jerseys with a slight hint of fire accelerant and varying arrays of wearability. He's coming back, you know. His agent, ACDC Atari, said so. We got multiple terrible towels. All deboogered. Bleached. And ready for renegading. Big Ben posters taped back together. Using only the finest of Scottish tapes. Dozens of Steelers lids. Fished out of from under the Clemente Bridge. By our <laughs> chapeau angler. And cousin. Dennis. Not to mention. A dazzling array. Of current day modern Steeler paraphernalia. Get your T.J. Water bottles. Your Terrell Bull <laughs> Edmonds towels. Your Ryan Switzer sweets. Your James Conner mullet wigs. Juju Juju bees. They're lit. AF. <laughs> we even got Roosevelt Nicks masks. It's half Teddy Roosevelt mask. Half Richard Nixon mask. Sound together. Perfect if you want to go as a pump-blocking fullback this Hallow's Eve. So if you need a hand getting back on a Steelers bandwagon, we got them big foam finger ones for you Instagram. With virtually all the trash cans stink for breezed off them. The Pittsburgh Bandwagon Kings. Yes, guys, guys will love us. It's Randy Bauman in the DBE Morning Show. 43 years ago tonight... Saturday Night Live debuted with host George Carlin. Here's George from that very broadcast. There are things about the words surrounding football and baseball which give it all away. Football is technological. Baseball is pastoral. (laughs) Football is played in a stadium. Baseball is played in a park. In football, you wear a helmet. In baseball, you wear a cap. <laughs> football is played on an enclosed, 
rectangular grid and every one of them is the same size. Baseball is played on an ever-widening angle that reaches to infinity and every park is different. <laughs> Football is rigidly timed. Baseball has no time limit. We don't know when it's gonna end. <laughs> we might even have extra innings. In football, you get a penalty. In baseball, you make an error. Whoops. <laughs> the object in football is to march downfield and penetrate enemy territory and get into the end zone. In baseball, the object is to go home. <laughs> I'm going home. And in football, they have the clip, the hit, the block, the tackle, the blitz, the bomb, the offense, and the defense. In baseball, they have the sacrifice. Erg. They didn't want to be in sticks. It's Dennis DeYoung's band, and none of them wanted to be in it. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> and, and so, how do you react to that? Well, you fire Dennis DeYoung again. Dennis was so good for this band for the first 10 years, but it's really been all about him for himself, in my judgment, ever since then. For Dennis, it was either his way or the highway, and we've chosen the highway. They sued, so, so, so they sued Dennis DeYoung, basically, out of the band. And he wanted control of the name of Sticks. Babe, well, I'll sue was- you! <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's 9 o'clock at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Norman Appliance. It's 67 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Golden Oak Lending. Ronald Reagan is coming back to life as a hologram. The former president lives on in digital form at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library and Museum in Simi Valley, California. There are three different Reagan holograms on display at the Presidential Library, one inside the Oval Office, Another during his 1984 campaign tour and one of Reagan at his Santa Barbara ranch with one of his beloved dogs. Wow. And it's going to be a very accurate uh, depiction. It, he is not, the, the, the hologram is not going to even mention AIDS until the last minute of the projection. <laughs> Facebook rolling out a new major life event for users to mark the day they came out. It's in honor of today, which is National Coming Out Day. Facebook says it is a way for the LGBTQ community to celebrate their pride and find support. What are your biggest fears? Are ghosts a big one? No. More than 60% of us think we've seen a ghost before. 40% of us think our pets have seen a ghost. That would women, explain the barking. Women were 20% more likely to say they have seen a ghost, but men twice as likely to say they screamed and ran away when they saw one <laughs> or thought they did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talked about ghosts. Was it earlier this week or last week? You don't remember. This week, yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's I have a tough time with the whole idea of ghosts, but dogs you, will you occasionally... You talked to your ghost. I, I did in case it was a ghost. I don't know. At the time, I was like, yeah, you know, it's like... Hey, you were hedging your bet. Yeah, like Gardell says about religion. Like, you know, I'd rather be on, you know, in the afterlife, like, oh, well, you know, who cares if you'd have to tear up your ticket? Who'd you have? I had Jesus, uh, and, you know, in the fifth. Uh, but <laughs> I've seen dogs stare at stuff in like, you know, they're like looking at something mm-hmm. that isn't there that yeah. and has made me wonder if there's some sort of weird energy in the room. Yeah, me too. My dog in the old house we lived in would stare at 
where the ceiling and the wall meet in always the same spot and you're like it's a ghost meanwhile he's like no it's actually a leak and i've been trying to show you guys <laughs> when are you guys going to sand that patch and actually paint it it's driving me crazy uh ghosts not on our uh, list of our top fears though the top 10 things we're afraid of include snakes spiders and sharks those are the top three uh snakes Which, for me sharks Oof. i mean it's not like you're gonna see a shark on a normal unless you live at the ocean i don't know have you seen those pictures of banksville recently like <laughs> it gets flooded expecting pretty quick to see a shark in a dumpster spiders you can see anywhere on a daily basis yeah spiders so are terrifying that one i can get snakes, snakes maybe me. depending on where you live not a snake fan i'm not a snake fan like the the idea of like i have an indiana jones like fear of really a bunch of snakes like a snake well, layer when, a snake den when <laughs> you are you gonna I mean? run into that never right that's not the point <laughs> i'm gonna go with uh um snakes number one uh i'm gonna go with climate change number two i'm t- i'm starting <laughs> i'm starting to get pretty scared because every time it's gonna be in our rivers if it rains in pittsburgh now the fire department has to show up to bail people out every time uh, yeah. The other things, the rest of the top 10 list, drowning, heights, public oh. speaking, failure, bees, tight spaces, and rejection, which that I is love a that wide, varied bees list. Bees and failure is in the same <laughs> right. grouping. <laughs> what are you afraid know. of? I don't know, getting stung or not being any good at life? Somebody told me I am not afraid of heights. I'm afraid of high open spaces. I'm afraid of widths. Yes, which is and I, depths. Can, I can't remember whose joke that was. Because um, I can look out the airplane window uh-huh. and not freak out. But right. like if I'm on the top floor of a parking garage. I started to get vertigo and I hadn't for a long, I'd never had it before. And I was on a ski lift two years ago and I got on with these kids and like I was riding in the singles lane <laughs> and uh, got but, on with these kids and they didn't put the bar down. And it I had like a panic attack on the, uh, that I was going to fall But vertigo is not fear of heights. That not that when you get like your equilibrium gets off i don't know yeah i kind of kept felt like i felt like i was gonna fall the whole Mm -hmm. time and that hasn't ever happened to me before remember kunkel was talking to us about that mr wednesday uh, brought that up there's a term for that and it's called like the call of the void we think yeah you're gonna where you're gonna fall it's almost as if you're gonna throw yourself off of it maybe that's what i have the call of the void. Because I was on a 14th floor hotel room last weekend, and I could Throwing not... Throwing furniture off? <laughs> no. That's funny. <laughs> uh, it was like a full-length window, and I could not go over, and I, I opened the blinds just looking up in the air and closed them. Really? So you could not do the Sears Tower thing where, oh my God, no, that I, leans forward no, in Chicago? Mm-mm, no? no way. Mm-mm. We were... The hotel that we stayed at in Amman, Jordan, had the, these balconies to the these hotel rooms really nice but the the ledge the railing was like at your knee oh my god no and way. it was really high up and i i got this really sick feeling call of the void yeah like oh my god am i gonna throw myself off of this yeah, i can't it sounds like something it sounds very german it's the call of the void <laughs> you're going to want to jump avoid the void go ahead well i didn't know that you could use pinterest for nefarious 
things, but I guess people ruined everything. A Florida man ended up in jail thanks to one of his pins, namely the counterfeit money he learned to print from a template on Pinterest. Uh, Levy Newberry has been charged with printing counterfeit $5, 10 20 and $50 bills on a printer at uh, the Pasco County Public Library. The 29-year-old <laughs> might have gotten away with it, but authorities flagged him for social media posts in which he was offering to sell the fake bills for half their face value. According to a police report, the counterfeit cash wasn't even good. It was just on regular printer paper. <laughs> uh and he didn't have any specific reason. He just said he wanted to see what what it, they would turn out like. But he is now facing charges. Well, at least if he does any jail time, he'll have good recipes <laughs> to share with his inmates. Interior cell. He'll design. really know how to design the cell. Yeah, it'll be great. Montel Williams says he's lucky to be alive after suffering a stroke back in June. You may recall his camp said back then he'd been hospitalized after over- overdoing it at the gym, but it turns out he'd actually suffered a rare type of stroke which causes death or severe neurological damage in about half of its victims. Uh, he said he was working out and heard a pop on the left side of his head, uh, and that turned out to be that stroke he is recovering. Brett Michaels will be honored at the Diabetes Training Camp Foundations. Come experience the magic benefit November 8th in Atlantic City. He's being saluted for his efforts on behalf of diabetes patients, his philanthropy, and his inspiration to others living with the disease. That event is part of National Diabetes Awareness Month. And finally, get ready to argue these points. Uh, According to Ranker.com voters... These are the 10 best one-hit wonders. Okay. We'll start with number 10. Oh, sorry. Turn me. You need me to. Somebody turn me on. Uh, Hold on a sec. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Please click that up. Ram Jam. There you go. That's number 10. Phenomenal. Number nine. Oh. This is more like an earworm. Yeah, a lot of these are flamers. This is that's one that oh. you should like if you want to like Da-da-da-da. torture the terrorists. Just lock them in a room <laughs> and play that on a loop. Number eight, Norman Greenbaum. Wasn't he also in another band? I don't know that one. I hate that song. Spirit in the Sky. Number seven. Why do you hate that song? I don't know. Dude, Tommy Two-Tone. So good. When I was growing up in Erie, that was an actual number. Eight, six, seven, five. Well, that poor person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number six. Donnie Iris. Was Rick originally, like, was he in his original band or just in it? Later, I think Rick like and Donnie them. Iris played in Wild Cherry at some point. Pretty sure Donnie Iris played in Wild Cherry. Google really? it right yeah. now. Well, they're a Newcastle band, right? They are? Yeah. Are they a Newcastle band? Damn it. I could be wrong. Well, where, how did they get in the band? How did Rick and Donnie I, have an affiliation? How does anybody get in any, any band? Because they were, they were funky white boys. Number five. The Buggles. Oh. I hate that song. Number four. Yeah, I they, d- I do love that song. Um, the knack was a little more than 
one yeah, hit. Yeah, Good though. Girls Don't. I don't know if that was a hit. I, I thought they were kind of part of that whole, like, the jam, the knack, that yeah. whole post-punk wave. Um, um, Val, by the way, Wild Cherry, Rob Parisi was from Mingo Junction, Ohio. That's, that's Oh, I thought that was Washington County. Steubenville. That sounds like a made-up place. Uh, they're all everyone in the band is from like the Ohio Valley region. I'm from North, Mingo Junction, West Virginia Panhandle, Pittsburgh, Weirton, etc., etc. Number three on the list. Like one of the biggest hits of the '80s, Dexy's Midnight Runners, mm-hmm. and they basically are just like gutter punks in the from the '80s. Okay. Never really became anything else. Number two, we don't have it in our library, I guess, Take On Me by Aha. Oh, that's a good one. But they did have another song, which I can't remember the name of. By the way, Donnie Irish. Oh, no, here it is. Donnie Irish played with Watch Eric. Where are they from? Aha, Finland? Are they Finnish? Beaver County. I don't remember. No, they're from Weirton. Was that the... (laughs) Was that the like sketch drawing video? Yes. That one. Yeah. And then number one. Soft sell, tainted love. Yep. Oh boy. I and it's the only hit that I know from the. This is one of my favorite songs from the '80s. Level forty two, something about you. Dude, level forty two was a great band. I loved that song. That whole so album was that good. That bass player was badass. So uh, that's Donnie argue, Iris um, was in level 42. Argue, <laughs> argue amongst <laughs> yourself. That's ranker.com's list of the top one hit wonders. Yeah. Level no four, blind melon. Level 42 uh, was an English band that didn't stick around very long at all. I thought they were around for a while for some reason. Oh, yeah, they did. I'm sorry. They did. Okay. They're still playing as of 2009. There's probably one guy left in the band. That's how it always is. Just do shows in Weirton. Uh, you know how uh, you know the importance of play that funky music, white boy. It's because Donnie Iris sat in with him. Sorry, you're playing a little level forty two yeah, there. Donnie Iris played with him, and that's where he met Mark Abisak. Oh, and history was made. Exactly. Do you know that Mark Abisak wrote the only song Bon Jovi has ever recorded, written by someone else who was not in the band? Is that true? It is. True. What? Alia? Uh, no, it's off the front. It's not Runaway. I think She Don't Know Me, is it? Okay. But it's on that Runaway it's album? It's on the first, yeah, the first record. That's a, It's Six Degrees of Donny Iris. I mean, everyone I talks about is. Kevin Bacon, <laughs> but it's really Six Degrees of Donny Iris. What's the weather going to be like, Val? Uh, going to be rainy today. Temperatures will fall through the day into the 40s overnight tonight. It's 70 still at DVE. No more fall. Just goes right to... Uh, November. Yeah. Joining us right now... From the world's most popular podcast, Barstool Sports, pardon my take, it's PFT commenter. PFT, good morning. How are you, brother? Good morning. Yeah, that's right. In your face, cereal. You don't have anything on pardon my take. We're number one now. That's right. Congratulations. <laughs> well, it's only because you did your own version of cereal. We did, yeah. You know, the true crime dramas are taking over nowadays, so... Uh, the- I think the culprit in every single one that we do is just going to be Big Ben's walking boot. Is the guy that did it. <laughs> every single time. Well, now he's yep. got an elbow issue that's been uh, hampering his uh, first half performances. So hopefully he'll get past that. Maybe a little cryotherapy or something like that. Yeah, cryotherapy or just like strap up a walking boot to that too. Like I'm pretty sure his elbow looks like a normal person's knee. So that would, that would work out well. I don't think... 
has Big Ben, does he have a part of his body that he hasn't injured yet? Is he doing, like, the small for Pokemon for, like, uh, for every single joint, limb, and ligament? I don't. You know what? It, it it almost sounds like this uh, this phone connection we have here is uh, the shape of water. Yeah, it's yeah. It sounds like you're underwater a little bit. We may need to reconnect. How about now? Oh, how, how about, about that? Look at that. The all right, Boom. fantastic. Uh, yeah, so I, I was on John. Like I said, I tweeted this out earlier, but I, I mixed in some pre workout with uh, with my coffee this morning, so I'm going to be running back and forth to uh, to the toilet during this interview. I hope that's okay. No, it's completely fine. Uh, we're happy to accommodate you in in the commode. Uh, Yankee fans losing the other night. My question for you. Mm-hmm. Are they the most satisfying fan base to watch lose? I would say, uh, I would say see, Yankees and Patriots fans are, are two sides of the same coin. Uh, they've had, you know, a lot of success. They kind of feel a little bit entitled to, to win everything. Mm-hmm. So I would say, uh, yeah, but also Red Sox fans because they are also Patriots fans. Either way, <laughs> we're going to get to see some really sad sack losers in that series. So, yeah, uh, that was really a, that was a can't lose for all of us. <laughs> right for the rest of the world. <laughs> yep. Either either one of their miseries was going to be entertaining. Hey, I've got uh, one one hit wonder that you guys left off. What so what's that? Uh, Roger Wood. Here we go. Steelers. Steelers. Here we go. That's right. Did he write anything else? Yeah, that's why he's not a one-hit wonder. He he updates that song every year. He has 25 hits, just to let you know. He's got a remix, and he lets uh, Lil Wayne put his touch on it. That's right. And Donnie Iris. There you go. We just use Donnie and update everything. So he has 25 hits, not a one-hit wonder, little-known fact. Um, Okay. So the UFC fight the other night with uh, Khabib jumping into the crowd and going nuts. Uh, now Putin has inter- intervened. I don't know if you saw this. He you got be- Putin would intervene with something. That <laughs> That's not like him. Guy? This this is very unputin like. But he has met with uh, Khabib's father and asked him to go easy on Khabib because he said his dad said he was going to brain him when he got home for fighting outside of the octagon, which is really, if you ask me, a little uh, hypocritical. But yeah, <laughs> unless he does it in the octagon when he reprimands his son. Yeah, as long as there's an octagon shape of some sort around him, if that's like a bunch of trees that he's torn down with his bare hands. Because I don't know if you've seen Khabib's dad, but this guy looks like he's he's like half bear. He's a guy. That, I'm not sure if he's wearing like a Mongolian woolen sweater that was passed down to him by his grandfather, or if that's just <laughs> his body hair. Um, but this is a guy that I would not want to mess with. <laughs> well, now that Putin, uh, he, he has a Stanley Cup ring, he has the Patriots Super Bowl ring, he has the UFC champion right now, uh, it, doesn't it only uh, hold that he should probably uh, uh, become involved with Daniel Snyder and the Redskins? Yeah, but he tends to like organizations that have a chance of winning something. <laughs> so I feel, I feel like if he needs to pick another franchise, one that has like a history of uh, of computer malfeasance, he's probably going to become a St. Louis Cardinals fan, right? <laughs> right. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great point. Sure. Um, did you see the guy from the Colts, the center, that played with a broken neck last week? Yeah, I did. That's a football guy right there. Right. So yeah, I was like, going to ask you for where that ranks on the football guy scale. Yeah, that's pretty high, and um, I, I think what, the 
real issue is that gets highlighted here is that no players are wearing uh, neck rolls at cowboy collars anymore, and I'd like to see that come back. <laughs> um, I believe Dan Creator, one of your guys, was an all-time neck roll guy. Oh yeah, uh, Kreider. I mean, those. I, I don't know if they actually. Yeah, Kreider. I don't know if they actually do anything to help, but they certainly look cool. Um, but yeah, playing with a neck injury like that—that's. I, I don't know how you do that without realizing it. Like, do, are you are you dumb? Like, do you, are you just so, like you don't feel pain, or uh, is it just one of these things where you're like, you know what, I'm going to be tough because uh, my quarterback's going to get killed back there, and he's only got one good arm, so uh, I'm going to I'm going to try to stick it out for the rest of the game, anyways. But you know what? That that's like an all-time spin zone. If you get your butt kicked. Uh, you can be like, hey, you know what? I played with a broken neck, and everybody forgets the score. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, so let's let, let's go back now. Now you mentioned neck rolls. It gets me thinking. Other things from like the 70s, from the golden age of the NFL, that you'd like to see brought back or not? A single bar face mask for kickers. Yeah, a single bar, but you know what? Kind of the double bar, the single bar across the front, and then the uh, vertical bar that goes down right into the middle of it. Oh yeah, that was an all-time look. I don't know why the <laughs> bar existed. Like I, I believe John Riggins had one of those. It's like, how do you even look out of that? It's like one is one <laughs> like a panel for your left eye, a panel for your right guy, and you can't even see straight ahead. To me, it seems like that would like prevent you from getting downhill, right? It like encourages you. <laughs> yeah. it's like reverse, it's reverse blinders for a horse. <laughs> I like. I miss those big clunky uh, elbow pads that the receivers used to wear. Oh yeah, yeah, those are really good. I also miss like the uh, the sleeves that uh, go down past your elbow. I mean, I guess, I guess Sam Bradford kind of brought those back this century. What about? Uh, but, oh, yeah. How dumb do barefoot kickers feel from the seventies and eighties? Now that all these kickers today are setting record after record and just you know clobbering the ball like never before, there was absolutely no reason for those guys to not have a, a shoe on their kicking foot. The barefoot kickers were great. They were, I think, they were all like vaguely Eastern European. Uh, didn't really know what country they came from. Just like swam over across the Atlantic. <laughs> and they showed up with one shoe on, and they were just comfortable like that. Uh, I think you know what. I'm actually shocked that, uh, given all the advances in modern sports science, we don't see more kickers amputating half of their right foot like Jack Dempsey had. You know, like it, it, that's like that's like Tommy John surgery for a kicker. You know, you just get your toes chopped off, make it just a flat surface yeah. at the end of your foot, and before you know it, you can toe the ball 70 yards. Yeah, another thing that's got well, first of all, Rich Carlos was a barefoot kicker in Denver, which I always thought was the funniest thing ever. Like, if there was one place where you might have rethought wearing a shoe, it would have been where it's Arctic cold in November. In the Rocky Mountains? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Another reason to cut part of your foot off. You can't get frostbite and <laughs> Good point. Yeah, no toe kickers. I don't remember I think Mark Mosley was the last toe kicker. Yeah, and he was the MVP of the league. So I don't know. Somewhere along the way, we lost we lost sight of what's important in our kicking game. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. What about the Eric Dickerson shoulder pads? Those are pretty sweet. Yeah, just anything boxy in general. It seems like the the league's trending in a direction where we all try to look uh, like Michael Bennett as much as possible. Where if my mom wore bigger shoulder pads on on her pantsuits than Michael <laughs> Bennett wears on on NFL Sunday. Yeah, we're just we're getting away from shoulder pads because guys are out there throwing elbows. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd like to see the big boxy shoulder pads brought back as well. Um, Try to think what else. I mean, obviously the fumble ruski needs to be brought back. Oh, yeah. Definitely never. I've never seen the fumble ruski fail. By the way, uh, that's probably because I only see highlights of him. Uh, but <laughs> as far as I know, a fumble ruski has never resulted in a touchdown. Would it never be, not resulted in a touchdown. Would the team that executed the fumble ruski immediately have it called a that team special? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, actually, we just call that the Philly Special now. No, just that's all of them. Calling, <laughs> yeah, that's what we're calling any sort of gadget plays now, the Philly Special. Will Philly ever be good again? Uh, well, I, I I don't know if you heard, but there was a report out in the news yesterday out of Philadelphia. Uh, one of the sports anchors said that the Eagles <laughs> should not be allowed to have uh, intimate relations uh, during the season until they start winning. That's right. So I think, I think if they can show a little restraint in the bedroom, uh, they can resolve some of their discipline issues on the field as well. They're just uh, they're just having too much sex. But they have a Christian quarterback. Doesn't that kind of offset it? Yeah, but they've also got Nick Foles, who's uh, kind of making up for it for the rest of us, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, the big uh, uh, bleep uh, Nick. Yeah, exactly. As a fan, I personally don't permit myself to indulge in, in the pleasures of the flesh, except for Victory Mondays. That's, that's when it's okay. <laughs> So even as a fan, you want to make sure that you're 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 pure. Yeah. So what what I would say is is for fans and for all fan, all players on the team except for the quarterback, um, you know, keep it in your pants during football season unless you win. Uh, I, I give the exception for quarterbacks just because I feel like having a lot of kids is a mark of a great quarterback. <laughs> Philip Rivers, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, these are guys. Drew Brees, that, you know, they, Kurt yeah, Warner. Yeah. Exactly. They demonstrate tremendous accuracy in, in, in all facets of their lives. <laughs> However, uh, Peyton Manning, great quarterback, not a lot of kids. Yeah, so I don't know much about the uh, the kids situation there for Peyton. How many does he have? I don't. I think he has two. Okay, yeah, that's not great. Not, not elite levels of procreation. Especially uh, since by, his wife is on steroids and will be able to carry lots at once. <laughs> that's... You know, that's true. So she's got the big child-bearing shoulders now, I would assume, <laughs> because she's taking the HGH. Uh, but yeah, he I, is she's not. A, she's actually got a neck roll. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I would like to see. I would like to see a few more kids out of Peyton. So, uh, if, if you're listening, maybe spend a little bit less time uh, acting and a little bit more time in the sack. You had Jay Glazer on the uh, on the on the podcast on Pardon My Take, and uh, is he the toughest Big J journalist of all time? Is there anybody that could have beat him up? Uh, you ever heard of a guy named Bob Costas? <laughs> <laughs> Bob Costas would headbutt you and give you pink eyes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jay is uh, Jay's a uh, he's a little fire hydrant of a squatty body guy. He would absolutely beat the crap out of me. He'd beat the crap out of uh, everybody. Who, who who would really compete against him as far as NFL journalists go? Because it's one of these things where um, for NFL guys and for Major League Baseball guys, everybody is like four foot eleven. It's like Ken Rosenthal, Buster Olney, Kim, uh, Tim Kirkchen on the baseball side. And then on football, it's like Adam Schefter, Ian Rapoport. And, uh, yeah, everybody's like, everybody's really short. I don't yeah. know what the, Pete, Pete Prisco, uh, they're all like five foot four. But, yeah, Jay is, he's a tank man. I would not mess with that guy. He, Peter King might have a shot. Peter King Peter, might have. I, I don't know. Peter King's had a few too many Allagash Whites to, I don't think he gets it. Peter gets like drunk and uh, he doesn't get angry. He just gets like more like an uncle when he gets drunk. He's like America's uncle. That guy. He's the most sentimental guy out there. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he he really is. He you know if if you're uh, Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Brett Favre, he will pick up your call at one o'clock in the morning and end up crying talking about a play from like 1997. <laughs> <laughs> PFT commenter from Barstool Sports, pardon my take podcast. Hey, it's always a pleasure to talk with you and uh, Ovi's on fire. I'm a little bit scared of your start so far. Yeah, well, you know what? He, Ovi is, uh, I think he's just demonstrating that Russians play better when they're drunk. And so this <laughs> offseason he had 
he had quite an opportunity to uh, to indulge in a few cocktails. So I'd be very afraid if I were you. I'm. Can we call it a dynasty already? Because you know we did we, we beat you guys. We beat you guys in the playoffs. That was our Stanley Cup that we won okay. the Stanley Cup. All right. So that's kind of like two, <laughs> two cups. Sure. You guys yeah. went back yeah. to back. Is Ovi abstaining We're, from sex to fuel this uh, this early start? Absolutely not. No. No. I, no. That's one of uh, Putin's directives. I think Putin. Uh, you know, he's obviously a Capitals fan, and I think he likes his players to be well taken care of all the time in uh, every way, shape, and form. So, yeah. thoughts and prayers to you guys. Uh, you know, Sidney Crosby <laughs> had he had a good run as uh, as the second fiddle to Alexander Vetchkin, but I would expect that he probably retires after this. Probably, season. yeah, probably. <laughs> Always a pleasure to speak with you. That's uh, pardon my take. PFT man. commenter. Thanks, man. God bless. <laughs> when we come back, Mike Pursuta, it's the DVE Morning Show. Intelligent Mobility. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta now with your sports on DVE. Mike? A little breaking Antonio Brown news or breaking Antonio Brown reaction to the two uh, lawsuits TMZ reporting this week that uh, Brown is facing a couple of lawsuits in Florida. Adam Schefter uh, tweeting a reaction from Brown that reads, quote, It has now been made public that two lawsuits containing false claims have been filed against me. The facts will soon come out that prove my innocence. My focus will remain on football, and I will not let the cases serve as a distraction. End quote. So there you have it from Antonio Brown's side. Yeah, it'll be interesting when the facts come out. I always find it interesting that uh, his statements, and they come around periodically because he has a lot of explaining to do usually. Uh, this, the way the statements read never sound the way Antonio Brown speaks. Well, they aren't, yeah. They're in English. There's Syntax is all consistent. Punctuation. And, yeah. He has to respond to those lawsuits by today, so. Yeah, you know he didn't write it because it would have said, he would have said, I, I do not expect this to be a distraction. <laughs> Booming. This will not be a distraction. Wonder if he feels free. He uh, he might need to go see a head doctor. Just make sure and, it all and not, hurts. And not because of what George Lio- George I did to him last year. I mean, he has really been acting erratic this year since the springtime. Yes. Which these alleged incidents in Florida took place in April. So these would have predated his. OTA, mini can, OTA, OTA meltdown, meltdown, which which seemingly came out of nowhere. Yes. Well, there's some baby mama drama player. tied up in all this too from his Instagram account that he deleted. Well, I I'm just guessing that the 14th floor apartment was occupied by a baby mama or something. No, he according to the story I read, he had moved into that apartment when he broke up with a girlfriend. Oh, and he had 80 grand in cash and a gun. That was stolen. Yeah. Terrified. Which, hey, if you're going to have 80 ground lying around, yeah. you better be packed. Sure. And but be sure you the leave the gun bag. with the money, right? <laughs> it's been strange. Antonio Brown has always been quirky. Um, yeah, this is not... Some qu- might say annoying. Uh, I think Art Rooney II, uh, after the Facebook Live thing a couple years ago, uh, described Brown's activities as antics. He's been an eccentric. This is yeah. past that. It started changing in the spring, A, when he wasn't at OTAs, because he's usually just a, a he, he remains a workaholic and a 
a guy who feeds off practicing and working out and, and doing something to get himself better somewhere. It, it was odd that he wasn't at OTAs every day. It was really odd when he talked that one day and just sort of babbled on about not feeling free and getting too much attention and Google alerts. And, Can't go anywhere. And then he showed up at training camp in a helicopter and then he uh, disparaged uh, a local reporter and then he threatened a national reporter and on it went. On it's gone, I should say. Yeah, see, there's a th- th- this is the darker side of AB that that I haven't been able to defend because I've I've stood up for him when people complain about him twerking in the end zone or something. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, oh, he's not allowed to celebrate, but this is off the field weirdness. If we, if we could only return to the salad days when he was humping the goalpost. Those I mean, are good times. That was the salad days. I don't know. I I mean. He better be careful or <laughs> salad may come into play for him. Not on the football fields. Of the tossing nature? Yeah. Uh, uh, he's screwing around with, I don't know, just all the elements of this story seemingly lead me to believe, like, he's just not really taking care of himself here. Uh, you know, there's a lot of smoke since the spring. Yeah, that's a great way to say it. And maybe there's fire, maybe there isn't, but... Usually, well, the, usually he, the smoke comes from somewhere. Well, we've heard that there's inconsistency in his camp. That is to say, he fires and hires oh, lots yeah. of different managers. His trainer, mm-hmm. his Bra- chef. Yeah, all of that. That he keeps, like, you know, when somebody does try to intervene, he, he pushes back to the extent that he won't hear it at all. And he just fires him and hires somebody else. That's not good. He needs somebody he can trust Stable. that tells him, like, you know, man, you have got to lock it down. And I don't know who that person is for him. Yeah, you got to close the circle in a little bit. Because it seems like he has people running all around like he doesn't know where his car is. His <laughs> Rolls Royce he thought was stolen. <laughs> and then he said, oh, I found it. Somebody probably just parked it in a spot that he wasn't familiar with. People are coming in and out of his house, cleaning his house. Who are these people that, you know, the entourage, the hangers on? There's just too many people. That's why when Coach Tomlin says, I don't know anything about it, I don't know what you're talking about, like, he's flat out lying when he says he didn't know anything about that. He, you know, you could just say no comment and that'll work because you know he had to have known about what went down in April, right, Mike? I would assume. I, I would assume. But we'll see where it goes. In the meantime, uh, they're Now going. he's under investigation from the NFL. Well, Other guys have been fined and, and, and suspended for things that were no charges... Yeah, I don't know if Ever? he's under investigation. They are monitoring the uh, the legal proceedings, and if he is determined to be in violation of the personal conduct policy, then there will be ramifications from that. It seems provable one way or the other. You, you know what I mean? Unless like, he's in that 14th floor condo with somebody else who throws an ottoman out of the, the room. And then he takes the rap for it because it's his apartment. Or they're trying to pin it on him. Yeah. One of the suits involves the destruction of the place. Yes. So who knows how that happened. And the report also said that when the security from the building came, he was screaming at them, and then police showed up after that. It's just all reminding me of like, um, like Cat Williams' breakdown or something. Martin Lawrence. 
Well, I mean, there is a, a tremendous amount of pressure on the guy. He's at the top of his game. He's making a crap load of money. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of Google alerts. He's taking helicopters to training camp. You know what makes it all go away? Touchdowns. Wins. Yep. Goes out Sunday, catches three of them. Stretching the ball over the uh, the. Call God. Line. He starts putting out uh, Instagram picks, and that's all he cares about. If they can, if he and Ben Roethlisberger can start hooking up with the regularity that they did in the second half of the Atlanta game, then uh, the landscape will change. I am honestly worried about him, though. Oh, I am too. Like we're you know having a little bit of fun, but it's it's troubling. Is that all you got? Um, we can break uh, the you game just, down. You're just trying to figure out. No, I mean we're looking at the clock. We're sort of. Yeah, I just would figure you'd wrap keep, it up. Uh, you want me to keep going? Or, uh, no. I'll give you one, Casey DeSmith. He's uh, in line to replace Matt right. Murray tonight. Uh, Penguins hosting Vegas. And uh, Casey DeSmith, uh, his uh, announced philosophy of how he plays net, it sounds a whole lot like Matt Murray when he breaks it down. For me, it's just every shot, next shot. Uh, I can't really focus on what everyone else is doing. I kind of have to focus on just what I'm doing and you know, if I play well and I let in four, and I, or I play well and I let in zero, you know, uh, as long as I play my best, then, you know, I'll be happy with my performance. So uh, I'll just focus on myself and, you know, tons of good players in this locker room. So I'll figure it out. Suggestion yeah. for Casey, do the second one. <laughs> play well and don't give up any. Yeah, but Murray's always talked about how he doesn't judge his game based on the number of goals allowed. Like Tomlin doesn't judge penalties based on opponent only. <laughs> It, it sounds a little goofy, but really he's he focuses on trying to stop the next puck no matter what happened to the previous puck. And that's, I guess that's the way you stay relatively sane in a position that can drive yeah, you crazy. Yeah, you just can't give a puck. <laughs> just don't throw your goalie stick out the window. Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week, the Puppetoni Dale and Oakdale $3.16 ounce Bud Light drafts during all Steeler games. The Puppetoni Dale is your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. It's the DVE Morning Show. That Elton John concert last night, I heard a friend of mine went and a dude toppled over. You ever sit at the top of the arena? Yes. Like last row. Not Ooh, this arena, but that's yeah. That's steep. Pretty, it's, yeah. Actually, no, I haven't. A guy toppled down those steps last night. Top <gasps> oh, row. my God. Like he could have gone over. No, yeah, it didn't. Like it fell is, in the seats. How far down did he go? I don't know. I think like just two steps, but went oh. ass over teacups. Not Eddie Murphy. Like feet in the air oh, and Lord. kicked a lady in the head when he flipped. <gasps> he was just trying to get out of his row and he flipped over because it's so steep up there. Oh, be God. ironic if Elton was singing "Ain't That a Kick in the Head" while that was taking place, or if he had a sausage sub in his hand and it went flying <laughs> through the air. When I mentioned ACDC earlier, you said you you saw ACDC when you were a kid at the at, where the I was igloo at the, at the igloo. Yeah, yeah. The, was it was it. Was it the Mellon Arena? Then? No, it wasn't the Mellon Arena. It was Civic Arena. The Civic Arena. Yeah. So I was 16 years old. This guy, uh, Tom Donahoe, I think his dad worked at the Civic Arena or something. He got less front row seats. Not the former GM. No, no. This is a, this is a different guy. Okay. Different no, Donahoe. Not, not a different Donahoe. Um, 
he gets us front row seats. I was so excited because I obviously I'm always in the upper deck at everything I go to. So I'm like, <laughs> front row, it's unbelievable. So I'm 16. <laughs> Thunderstruck just comes out. You know, I don't know if you oh did you go God. to that tour, Billy? No. Oh, no. so they it comes out. Val, did you go? 1980. It was like 89. It, like, it was like 1990. I think. Okay. Yeah, I think it was. And like they come out, they come out of the stage. You know, they're like going, wow, 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 thunder. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is the greatest. Like one of those moments when you're a kid. Like I've never experienced anything like it. It's so loud. But right before the concert started, there was a guy next to me with this like jean jacket on, like Iron Maiden, ACDC, every Judas Priest, everything he's been to. He's got a, he's got a patch a patch right. for it. He's like, I'm like, dude, great jack, great jean jacket, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to I just want to become friends with him. Dude, I was so great scared jean of him. He had like, a big beard. I was a little heavy yeah. at the time. I'm like, I'm so such a slob. This guy's gonna kill me. He looks like Harley <laughs> Davidson, you know. So I'm like, <laughs> so, so we be, kind of become friends like as a six. 16-year-old and a guy that's like 40 with a beard with a jean jacket of uh, yeah. patches. Yeah, totally normal. So, yeah. so the concert goes on. It's an unbelievable show. And we're just having a great time in the front row. I'm sweating so bad. I'm jumping up and down. And <laughs> on the last song is for those about the rock. They get these huge cans. Yeah, the, the cannons come oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. You know, and Brian Johnson, those about the rock. And fire. And the cannons are like, boom. <laughs> and I'm like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> greatest night of my life, right? Greatest night. So in the middle of the song, I'm like, for those about the rock. And I'm like, fire. And I go to like raise my hand. <laughs> I get smoked by something. Boom! Something hits me right in the head, right? Next thing I know, this guy's got me in the chokehold, the guy with the, with the oh jean jacket. God. Turns out, someone had thrown a sausage sub from Section E up in the Civic, <laughs> in the Civic Arena. Hits me right in the face. Boom! <laughs> Ricochets off my face. Sauce is all over me, and it's all over this guy's jacket. He's like, look at my jacket, man. So I'm like, oh, my God! I was like, don't kill me. He's like, I'm like, it's all over me, too. I'm pulling peppers and onions out of my ear. I'm like, I got peppers and onions in my ear. I go, we just got hit by a sausage sub from the upper tent, buddy. We've both been attacked. Hey, you thought it was you. Why you did he? I, I have no what? idea. Why would I turn in the middle of the greatest concert ever, pick up a sausage sub, and throw it at him? Who would do that? But it was all over this guy. I felt so bad. We're getting guy, enemy fire from the upper tent. <laughs> I know he'd had this jacket for like 20 years. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry this has happened to you, but I'm 16. I've never been in the front row. It's the greatest show ever. Please don't kill me. Wait a minute. There's so I have so many questions. Oh, that's so great. Who went and got a sausage sub right before the encore? <laughs> you know what? These cartridges awesome. Well, I've been snoring a whole time. I'm gonna go get two sausage subs. I don't do that. You're not gonna eat both of them. Yes, I will. I'm gonna eat them both. Oh. House is the first one. Now what are you gonna do, Jack? Off? Now you gotta. You gotta throw the second one. Yeah. Look at those two idiots in the front. <laughs> Load it into your hoagie cannon. Fire it down to the front. Thunder! For those about to rock! Sausage! Sausage sub! And then I had to ride the teal. I'm like, you're 16, a little uncomfortable in your skin. You ride the teal. I'm like, covered in sauce. Couple hot, I think there was like couple, saw a couple hot girls like from high school. I'm like, how you doing? <laughs> hey, great show, right? Yeah. Sean Casey. The sausage sub story, uh, of course. Is it just me, or does that story get better every oh. time you hear it? Dude, it just makes me smile. It's just so damn funny. It will go down as one of the best stories ever. All right, uh, special thanks to PFT commenter from Barstool Sports for joining us today. <laughs> also, Missy Matthews from Steelers.com and comedians Alex Appeal and John Dick Winners. This Saturday at Hambones, Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle will be performing. You can uh, go check out those shows out by getting tickets at 
the door or go on to burningbridgescomedyclub.com. Sure. Probably. That sounds plausible. Uh, tomorrow on the show, Dave Damashek. James Drake Trio performing in the coffee house. Also, Sean Collier. And uh, what am I missing? Oh, tonight, Pens against the Vegas Golden Knights. Mike, you're going to the game. I am. Yeah. Good deal. As a fan, well, it's, I like to do hockey uh, from the seats in October, November, and December. Sure. Should be pretty lively in there tonight. Get a feel for things. No, actually, you can just drink down there. They frown on that in the press box. Steelers-Bengals Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff, and that means the pregame starts at 9 a.m. here on DVE. Tim Benz, Rob King, Dale Lawley, hand it off to Mike Pursuta, Bob Labriola, and Jerry Dulac. They get the network going and then turn it over to... The triumvirate of broadcasting. The triumvirate of Steeler broadcasting. Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Elkin, and Craig Wolfley. One o'clock kickoff. Steelers-Bengals here on DVE. I'm finished. You stay 